Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dowry here, aka Captain Brunch. Being joined as always with co-host Destin Soglo Frazier. Happy they have a thing for this too, yeah. <laughs> What's the thing today, or is there even a thing? It's day. It's what day? It's something about like International Women's Day or something. Like oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. All of them? Yay, tits. All of them? <laughs> yeah, I guess. All right. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. I better. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get canceled. Yeah, we're already halfway there. <laughs> we're already halfway there. We lost the biggest platform apparently a year or two ago. Oh, my God. I forgot. <laughs> anyway. Shout out to everybody listening to us across all of the different podcast platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Podcast Attic, all that stuff, as well as the video feeds over at Twitch and Facebook.com, and of course, our core at TalkBrunch.com. You know, I don't remember how many years ago this angle happened, but as a kid, I remember there was like an angle where... Uh, Jake Roberts was feuding with Earthquake. Do you remember that? You might you might have been too young. Uh, yeah, that was definitely before my era. Yeah, well, Jake Jake Roberts was feuding with Earthquake, and uh, at one point, I don't remember. I, remember, I was really young for this. This is like early '80s, but uh, I remember one thing that was very telling to me was at one point when Earthquake got hot, he was the heel in this. He took the you know the Jake always has the sack with Damien in it, so he yeah. took the sack. Oh, I, I wait, I remember this. Yeah, and he leg dropped him. And, like, they just showed, like, this bloody sack on the floor. And, like, Jake's all distraught because, uh, obviously, this guy's killed Damien. You know, and I remember, like, as a kid, like, I knew wrestling was a work, but thinking that wasn't. Because, in my mind, you got to remember, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking Spanish kid from Brooklyn. You, you're, your family's not teaching you about the animals. <laughs> or like right. the rules and shit so in my mind it was like sure wrestling is a work but we can kill animals <laughs> you know <laughs> keep in mind i was really young so i remember seeing that and just being like oh that sucks you know like i actually felt bad for damien because like there's kayfabe i felt like there was only kayfabe for people as a kid don't ask me the the, the, <laughs> the ignorance of it but you never would think there's about no it if yeah if you're if you're a kid growing up in the city you're not thinking about what happens to animals in wrestling because nothing's happened to animals in wrestling there wasn't no pepper yet or any of that so i just remember thinking wow you know they actually they this storyline means a lot to them they murdered the fucking snake <laughs> as silly as it is just crossed yeah, my uh, mind the other day I'm, I'm gonna tell you what's so bad and this is how fucked up my head is my the first place my head went to was what if the snake was really sick and they had to put him down? And that's their way of doing it. And that's how they did it. With a leg drop. Oh my god. <laughs> that's dark. It was even darker <laughs> I that I would that, I that, that I just had somebody book a snake to death, you know, like, all right, now we'll murder Damien. Right. And I mean they they stood to the cafe because if you remember Damien never came back. He had Lucifer after that, which was like his brother or something, his older brother. Yeah. And it was a different color snake. 
Even though, like, when he came back years later for that thing with the shield, it was like, it's a new Damien. Like, yeah, it was like a different Damien. It was bright, really colorful. It wasn't like it was the other ones. Like, like, back in my day, it was terrifying. It was like, oh, shit, a snake. It looks like going to kill you. That one would look like it was really nice. Yeah, like, a, like, it looked like the kind of toy snakes that you could get as a kid. The last it, one. it looked like you bring a snake on a talk show or something. Yeah. To educate the kids. I guess around Pepper would be my realization that they're not really killing animals, right? Yeah. Because I didn't think that, because that Pepper, Al Snow Pepper ate them. was a bit much. Yeah, it was good. The, the angle was fantastic. It was the funny one of the funniest things I've seen. Just watching him whoop his ass while he took coughing up pepper. But it's like at that moment, it's like, wait a minute, you really go through all that shit for a hardcore title? It still blows my mind that during that era, we just took those things for granted. We didn't look at them as special, or it was just like, yeah, you know. In this episode, I realize in that reality, probably to this day, Big Balls Man is still probably one of the best freaking heels because they shit he used to do. Yeah, you know, in this episode, we murdered a dog and fed him to his owner. And last week, we we, we, we basically exhumed the corpse of a fucking cancer patient. You fucking beat me know, to and, it. <laughs> and dragged it across the I was hoping you pick another one. Back to ringside. <laughs> oh, my God. See, you next week, we're talking, we'll go to... We'll... <laughs> what did he tell his mom when he went to his house? Oh, my God. I can't remember. It escapes me. But it was so oh, fucked up. Oh, when he said, was... you're a nasty bastard. And your mama said so. Because <laughs> he found that he was illegitimate. You know what that means? That he's a bastard. That's for our big show. <laughs> I fucking miss Boss Man because of shit like that. Oh, yeah. Every now and then, like, I'll get really bored. I'll just go on the network and I'll look up that shit. And it's like, oh, it brings you joy every time. Yeah, those were good old days. Oh, my God. Good times, good times. I was thinking about that for a while. I don't know what made it come up, but I was just like, yeah, that's, I guess because there's been a lot of Jake the Snake lately. Yeah. But I just started thinking about like old angles and things that I remember. So, uh, last week, I believe it was last week where we opened with the AEW Double or Nothing Casino game. Yeah. Which was a complete disappointment and felt like a cash grab. And I was very critical of it. And this week, they give us a first look at their upcoming general manager mobile game. So we're going to look at that. I have yet to see this. Have you seen any of this at all? I have not. Yeah, I actually play a lot of mobile games just because it's accessible, more accessible than one. Because whenever I'm going to play a main game, I jump on stream. So Yeah, I have a few on this phone now. Sometimes like when I'm waiting for the show, I'll run one for a little bit. So. Oh, yeah. All right, well, let's see what uh, see if maybe this will be something that we add to our list. Right, showing the week review. Okay, do we just watch it? Is that what you're doing this morning? What the hell am I looking at? They look like. It looks like, like they look like little paper cutoffs that don't animate, right? They're just bouncing against each other. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit outdated for a 2021 game, even for mobile, don't you think? Um, I would say yeah, but then again, I've seen games that have come out semi-recently that kind of look a little like that. But then again, it's not too many. So I mean, I'm... I barely use a fraction of my phone space for games. And I'm trying to think of if I have one lower quality than that. 
I mean, the block attack I have on there is more higher quality. Fast lane, if anyone's ever played that, Road to Redemption's higher quality. I mean, Jesus, the, the smallest, most minuscule jetpack, that game jetpack, I have actually two. It's kind of hard to get, but I have two. <laughs> it's like Mighty Quest. I, I don't even I really... have two, and I was like, what? A lot of these are... Yeah, they, I mean, it's, it's really it's really bad, I gotta say. You can play RPGs mobile now, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. I don't know. I might give it a try when it comes out. I mean, I'll give it a try for sure. It just felt like, like literally, there wasn't a frame of animation on the figures that they used there, you know? I mean, yeah, I guess there technically was a frame of animation, like when they thrust forward like that. I'll try it. I'm going to try to keep an open mind. Yeah. I mean, because this is only, I guess, a preview, so I would I would figure the actual product runs better than that, but... It, sometimes yeah. it feels like this 18 to 49 demographic is more targeted at the 13 to 18 demographic. Anyway... I will link that in the chat room for you other victims. I mean, listeners that, that click on it. Yeesh. And what's the final game that they're going to unveil again? Is that the console game? Yeah, the last one's going to be the console game. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't eat popcorn very often, but that episode, I might have to make an exception. We come ahead to take a first look at that with <laughs> the pattern that I'm seeing here. But they do have really dependable developers working on it. So that's the one I guess we should have the most faith in. This other stuff is just filler. Yeah. And I want to say, like, I've heard, I want to say I might have heard once Omega was saying that, like, it's going to be a while before we see that one because they want to make sure it comes out good. Oh, I can't imagine. But what's a while? What's your what's your definition of an acceptable while? Because I can tell you mine. I want to hear yours first. Well, considering we what just heard about it, what, late 2020? Uh, uh-huh. Oh, my God. I'd say if they wanted to come out good. And not 2K20 it, shoot, take this year. See, like, you work on it throughout the year. I'd even see early 2022. Okay. But then again, maybe that's just me because then that gives them literally an entire year to make sure that thing comes out crisp. No, I say October. That gives them an entire year. That's when it normally comes out. The regular WWE games come out every October religiously, going back generations. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then you got the Christmas holiday coming in right afterwards, which is where you're going to get all of the sales for a new launch. If you come out at the beginning of next year, you're automatically taking a hit. Everyone's already done their Christmas sales. And now the rushes, the Black Fridays, all the other potential times that they could have grabbed your title are gone. So, I mean, if you want to hit strong, especially since they announced it a year ago, I think they need to do it this October. Because, again, going back to WWE, where they were rendered a little bit silly during this 2020 they're eventually going to get a good game because they have money. You know, they're eventually going to be able to tour again. They already, tonight they announced WrestleMania tickets, right? They're selling WrestleMania tickets again? Yeah. We're already halfway to a normal world again, man. Get ready when it comes to this company. Now is the time when they don't have a developer to make a good game to strike. You know? Yeah, this is true. At least that's what I would hope. Yeah. And also at this point, WWE doesn't have an option because after Battlegrounds, they owe us a game three times better. Mm-hmm. All right, well, here's hoping with them, because I don't think there's another 2K game coming out, is there? Like, did they announce 2K22? I haven't heard anything about it, but then again, that um guy on YouTube I follow, Macho T, I keep seeing him posting stuff about possible news with it, so, Too many so I don't know, maybe... Talk about the potential of what the game could be. I hate when people post yeah. their content as what it could be, or what it might be. Yeah, like, 
tell me what it's going to be. Like, <laughs> it's like enough of that already. Like, I don't want to hear about 2K22 until 2K22 is fucking coming out. Like, All right, so moving along. This story, I read the headline and laughed. That's all I did. I didn't even go any further because I figured we'd have fun with this. But um, apparently a story is going around where Ahmed Johnson called, oh, God. called Mark Henry a Magilla gorilla. Yo, Ahmed, you don't want that ass whooping, bro. Why? What an asshole, right? Right? Like, motherfucker, the first time we've heard of you in 80 years, this is what you come up with? And Ashley, I, I love Young Rock. That's a great show. I'm going to watch y'all. It's so good, dude. Today. Like, I, they've hit it spot on. Like, it's become, like, not, not even to break into the story for a minute. It's become one of those shows, and you can probably relate to this one, Rick. When you see the credits, you're sad. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, fuck, it's over. <laughs> That's every episode with me. Yeah, maybe we could, if we have time, let's talk a little bit about shows. It's not like much is going on. We did two, two and a half hours of wrestling last night, you know? Yeah. We could break into shows after this segment. Yeah, shows would be nice. But, uh, yeah, Mark Henry, Mark Henry was called a Magilla Gorilla. Um, George, you silence yourself. <laughs> man, that is, that is messed up. And apparently he also went on to talk about how, uh, he said, um, that D'Lo Brown like carelessly ended Draz's career, and that uh, ever since Draz and D'Lo don't talk and have never spoken or something like that. I can't. I don't have an audio of this. This is. I literally heard that as the the story. But talk about bringing up old wounds, right? Damn. Like, like what, what was it? Wasn't it like Dark Side of the Ring where it's like. Rods even said like he holds no ill will against D'Lo or something like that. It was to my understanding that they that they stood friends to this very day. That doesn't sound like yeah. The truth that, at all. Yeah, if I remember, freaking um, oh my god, George, you and your impact. But um, no, <laughs> but I I feel like I remember when this past season of Dark Side of the Ring, they had mentioned about that because it, it was the brawl for all episode. Yeah, and yeah, like I don't know what Ahmed's issue is if he's just trying to be relevant for two seconds. But I'm pretty sure like freaking Draws and D'Lo. First of all, Draws doesn't blame D'Lo because it was an accident. And it's like, yeah, they've stayed cool. So it's like, I don't know what it is with some of these older wrestlers and they just say off-the-wall shit just to get fucking attention. Like, I just wish I could hear in what context he would call him a Magilla Gorilla, you know? Right. I, like, I want to hear how bad it is because there's no way it's good. That's the problem nowadays. Too many people just throw shade at literally, like with no provocation. It's the most insane thing to do, you know? And you notice it's this weird theme with wrestlers who are no longer relevant, they just pick the biggest name they can think of. But it, Never going to any of the small people. No, they got to make sure their name gets out there for three seconds. But Mark Henry? Right. Like, you know? Like, Ahmed, you do not want that problem physically or on social media. Like, don't, don't do it to yourself. Yeah. That's really weird. So Mark Henry <laughs> apparently responded on Busted Open Radio. And uh, we have that here. I also have yet to hear. Let's see what the hell is going on. Bear with me. We got it. I just lost it for a minute, but I have it. Yeah. Take a guy like Ahmed Johnson, who has never had a good thing said about him in pro wrestling by anyone. I just wanted to defend D'Lo Brown. He said that in, in, in that article, he said that D'Lo Brown was dangerous and that D'Lo Brown ended Darren Drozdov's career and never spoke to him again. 
I speak to Darren all the time. D-Lo speaks to Darren all the time. (laughs) Guys, just so you know, I'm telling you the truth. This is a bad human being. Your credibility is shot. Nobody, nobody in wrestling will say anything good about this guy. And since when did being professional, being on time, working hard, and being able to coexist with your coworkers become being a kiss ass? When? And are you guys out there that's doing podcasts so thirsty and want to want somebody on your show so bad that you're taking Ahmed freaking Johnson? Guys, come on, do your homework. I've never heard anybody say anything good about him. Not one. Not one time. So before you start trying to tear down D'Lo Brown, future Hall of Famer, before you tear down a guy that actually uh, was a world champion, why don't you look in the mirror? Your credibility is shot. Your slip is showing. You slip Write it showing. down. Your slip yeah, is showing. You read my mind. <laughs> Go Mark, man. He's right, though. Like, uh, he's right. There's nothing. I can't even add anything to it. He's such a well-spoken man, you know? Like, there's no elaboration to that. He blew that shit completely out of the water. So there is one thing I feel like he was drastically inaccurate about, though. Mm-hmm. He said nobody ever says a good thing about Ahmed Johnson. Mark, nobody talks about Ahmed Johnson. At all. <laughs> the last time. The only, t- the only thing I think I've ever remembered about Ahmed Johnson that was any kind of relevant was one the fact that his code that the fact that the fact that his promo sounded like he was on the verge of a stroke, and two, the fact that Goldust kissed him and then he raged. That's nuts. That's it. <laughs> it like 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 if he if you inducted Ahmed into the Hall of Fame today, that's the only two clips that the only two clips it'd be. It'd be the shortest introductory clip ever. I saw him more in the WWF Attitude Game on PlayStation and sixty four than I ever saw him in the actual television. Because he I was one of the few... and I guarantee nobody ever picked him. Yeah, nope. Had to fight him though. Yeah, my fucking, fucking James Ellsworth has had more highlight reels than him. Like, what you- yeah, it's just weird for him to bring that up. I like that Mark brought up the fact that there are a lot of wrestling podcasts that are so desperate to have people and they'll take whatever, whoever. That's the reason when we started this like years ago, I or decided earlier I wasn't going to be having people on here. This wouldn't be that. I see so many podcasts try to get over, but oh, this week we'll have this person. This week we'll have a porn star. This week we'll have a stripper. This week we'll have a, a indie wrestler. And it's not really anything against those genres, but I'd rather... When I'm looking at this, either two ways to get wrestlers on here. You can either be in WWE's pocket, like a Sam Roberts, you know, where he started out just like any other show, but he always walked the line when talking about things like a newscaster on CBS or NBC, and he never badmouthed WWE or said fuck or shit or cock or anything like that, you know? So those are things that are... And then there are people who, uh, you know, when you deal with that, he's only going to be able to get out of the interviews but so much information because it's almost like a WWE commercial interview. You know what I mean? Like at that point, is it even a podcast anymore? When like the guy who was an independent podcaster is literally mic'd up with like a microphone, like standing there during the the kickoff. Maybe a lot of other people don't look at things like that because they're not actually podcasting the way that we are. But I notice. I'm thinking of it like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Like someone who's essentially just because he walks the line. That's what they want. He's a considered, and we talked about this on here. He, uh, Sam Roberts is considered quote unquote a WWE approved podcast. Like for their guys to get on shows, it has to be podcasts that work within the company. Like once they got a lock on that, the other half of it are people that are like, uh, Ahmed Johnson, 
that's sort of what you're left with. People who probably are either going to be deep in the wanting to get exposure or people who are like Ahmed that are just toxic, you know, and just want to get some airtime looking for a podcast desperate enough to try to get him on just as much as he's desperate to get on it. Is that what you want? No. So that kind of puts everybody else in the middle ground. You can't do, you don't want to be, obviously you don't want to be on a WWE payroll. Not that that's even an option, but the whole point of podcasting used to be a direct stream of consciousness. It used to not be about uh, being as programmed as they've made it with that kind of stuff. And I know that uh, a lot of the time, those guys that are doing that can't say whatever the hell they want. Like I believe Ryan Satin, wasn't he like, used to be just a regular dirt sheet guy. Isn't he like a part of their company now and shit? I think so. That's what I mean. So it's like he can't just go and say whatever, right? I'm assuming once those guys show up on their shows, that's it for them being regular as far as just throwing on a a show or a stream and, you know, it's whatever, you know, at least just logic would dictate it. Would I be wrong in that? No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. There's only two sides. So Mark is kind of right where it's kind of like you got like a lot of podcasters that will be desperate to get people on. So they'll take like a a Ahmed or a what's his name? No, no, there's other people that, that, that are, I'm trying to think of. What's his name? Like a bit uh, uh, of fucking Billy Graham type person or, or fucking, oh, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I hate to say it, but just somebody. Oh, who, so you had to reach for Billy Graham. Like, damn. Kind of have to, or Dusty Wolf. I hate to throw him on the bus, but Dusty <laughs> Wolf. We have, we had no, heat with I Dusty Wolf. Remember when he got hot at us? Anyone who doesn't know Dusty Wolf, the one thing we one of the second doing something, he had direct, he directly had heat with us where like we were like literally about his wife got involved and shit ironically i was scrolling social media the other uh day and i don't remember who it was but it was a, it was a bigger production than us and i'm not trying not to plug my literally don't remember but they had fucking dusty wolf as a, as a shoot interview <laughs> and i remember thinking oh wow you know because i remember what else we were like dusty wolf who's that because remember like she didn't say his last name at first she was like i would know the like business my husband my i'm married to dusty and we were on here like dusty and we looked it up you're we like dusty you can't just throw that name around because it was like without the last name you know, obviously <laughs> and then we were like dusty wolf dusty who and then like here we are years later after we had heat with dusty wolf and his wife and someone fucking interviewed him nothing against the guy it was an indie guy i'm sure he contributed he was a job guy clearly but uh just an example of, yeah, like anyone's trying to get anybody on to do anything. You know, they get Brooklyn Brawler on to talk to him about the business, even though not that he's not relevant, but it's not relevant to 2021. You know how many times I have to go through the dirt sheets and it'll t- literally take me all day because like 80% of it is people talking about shit that happened 30 years ago. Maybe people who don't listen to us on a weekly basis don't realize it, but there came a point in our production where I had to make a conscious decision to not come up here every week and have and have drops or interviews with guys that are talking about shit that happened during the 80s or the 90s there's too much shit happening right now in the last 90 days let alone the 90s it'd be impossible so yeah ahmed whoever gave him what was the what was the show that he was on i don't want to like oh, discredit him too much uh busted open radio that might even be where i saw dusty <laughs> but anyway what i was gonna say was be grateful that you're getting that airtime but uh, don't use it to be toxic toward people that are still being positive in the business and shit. What's up, sick? How you doing? Let me add him to the. Because that's the damn people like that. Mark Henry will make you real ungrateful. You got that? You got that talk show time. Uh huh. Like motherfucker, you you stick your you stick your hand in a lion cage when your ass get bit. Don't say shit. 
Yeah, I wish that there was audio. It, it, it baffles me. I guess it's for journalistic purposes. But another thing I've noticed when I'm putting the program together is a lot of the times you'll get reports. Like, for example, just Sports Illustrated, not to throw this anyone under the bus, but it'll be like interview with such and such person. And then when you click it, it's like a written interview where it's like the writer, the interviewer has their line. Like it's in bold interviewer saying, hey, so how was it doing this? And then underneath is the person saying, well, I had a really good time. And I'm thinking, why the fuck is this done in that format? Like you're telling me that this interview happened and then you transcripted it? Nobody pressed record on anything, you know, you ever wonder why that is like, I wonder if there's a, uh, a legality, I don't know the journalistic yeah, integrity of stuff several times, but I always wondered like when we get a sports illustrated article, like with Stephanie McMahon or something that you're reading, which I've had to do many times and they're asking her different questions about the business and stuff. I always wonder why aren't all of those things audio, right? Like even in the oldest version of Superman, Clark can't always have the recorder that he points out, you know, when he's trying to report and shit, right? You would just think that like there'd always be an audio recording device, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, I wonder that is true. Like I wonder if there's some kind of like legality in it. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, Mark defended himself there. Good man, Mark. Very proud of you, sir. Oh man, it's sit your ass down. Yeah, and stop yeah. talking about dark shit. I'm not talking about racial i'm talking about dark (laughs) all right well wwe has hired mark heller as a new lead writer they have another one yes because they had ed kosky and ryan callahan as the other lead writers before now who's keeping up do you think anybody i wonder sometimes do people listen to any of this when we talk about that or just someone shitting on things and joking but you're not going to remember tomorrow you you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like remember when rick (laughs) rick and dustin talked about (laughs) fucking mike heller you're not you're not that's going to be for us we have to retain that shitty information mike heller is now the new lead writer and ed kosky and ryan callahan uh are there so they got three lead writers there uh He's been there since February, according to his link, LinkedIn profile. Uh, he worked on a series called You Break It, We Buy It before this. Um, he worked for E! as a writer, E! Entertainment, the E! with exclamation point. Uh, you know, I'm talking to WWE fans, unless they watch Total Divas, they might forgot what station that was. That's all being very specific. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, that's his only, at least that's ringside. That's the only credential that they have him for. Some shit called You Break It, We Buy It, and E, stuff on E. He does basically reality TV then is what it sounds like. So they hired that guy as a lead writer. You see the problem here? Not even a writer, a lead writer. And the dude did some shit called You Break It, We Buy It, and stuff on E. That doesn't mean he's not, he doesn't have good credentials, but that doesn't mean he can book a wrestling show. (laughs) Wouldn't you want somebody who, who has, like, experience... In writing, no offense, but like, for example, someone, something that has conflict in it, like who, someone who wrote some, like an episode of something that had fighting, like Star Wars or something, you know? Anything where somebody had to fight somebody else. Yeah, anything. <laughs> That's exactly Not somebody who, who did fucking sex in the Anything. Like, anything where two people had to fight. And there was a good guy and a bad guy and a conflict and a resolution. That should be what the requirements are when you're writing. The guy that you break it, we buy it. What is he talking about? The company? Because that's the direction we're going in. Fuck it. At this point, get, you, know, you know what they do next? Next month, get the prices right, writers. And, you, and, and, and let's just say, let's play devil's advocate. Let's say you're going to grab a guy from E because you can't get E. You can't spell experience without E. Uh-huh. A little bit of a joke there. Terrible. But the whole point being that let's say that you're going to hire somebody from E that only knows how to do Kardashian-style shit. Yeah, I threw it out there. That's all I think of when I think of E. It's the fucking Kardashians. They run that channel. 
So let's say that you do. They should rename their channel K. <laughs> right, but you know. So let's say let's say you you hire someone from there because they have to get experience to become a writer. So I can understand that, but they shouldn't be a lead writer, lead creative role. Have them be underneath somebody so they can now learn the ropes of the wrestling business. You don't go from writing shit on E to booking wrestling, and then they're gonna have the nerve to tell fans like us and people that have podcasts and the fans that listen and dirt sheets and everything else that they don't we don't know better than them because we're not in that environment. I've begged to differ at certain points. It depends on what environment you're talking about. You th- I, I trust anyone in my chat room to book this better than the fucking guy from E that did uh, I have to look at my screen here. What the fuck was it again? You break it, we buy it. You know, yeah, I never so heard that shit before then. The Crazy that they, it's like, so they're going to have the nerve. They don't think that we would have more insight and experience just because we're not there. That's the credential. Hire a fan at this point if you're going to hire someone from E as a lead writer. Again, a lead writer. Like everybody answers to him. Yeah. But they did manage to have some cost cutting measures to this. Ooh, cause saving money. Cause saving money. I don't know if many of you have a name that rings a bell, such as Andrea Lissenberger. Do you remember Andrea Lissenberger? Was that the uh was that I'll the put, Otis and Mandy girl? Yes. I'm I gonna put it to you this way. Otis and Mandy's definitely not as forever as you would think. Because uh we don't know what happened yet, but there's a couple of things going around. They said that she was, uh, some people say she quit. Some people saying she got forced out of the company, but, uh, she is gone again. Remember, she was gone that first time again d- during the pandemic. So they brought in the E guy, the guy who writes E, you break it, we buy it. And they got rid of Mandy and Otis Forever Girl twice. She better not come back again. Well, if, if if she was pushed out, we'll hear a shoot from her shortly, I'm I'm sure. At some point, she'll do an interview or something. But yeah, they got rid of Mandy and Otis Forever, and now we got this guy. You know, this cha- there's so many cha- I feel like every week, there's there's like an entire thing of just what's going to be different next week. Every more- other week, I feel like we talk about a new writer coming in. That's why it threw me off, and I was like, wait a minute, didn't we just talk about new writers coming in? They have more patches and updates than a COD game. You notice that? It's like this week on Raw, 76 gigs. Oh, shit. Hope this is done by eight. Next week on Raw, 83.2. <laughs> yeah, man. Next it is month, ridiculous. it's all the whole fucking game over. So with a change in creative direction comes some more changes. Did you hear about these changes? I heard about one of them. Yeah? Good. I don't know. I don't know what the word. I, I don't know. Yeah, I heard yeah, about Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, I can't even I believe it. Okay. Like, what, what, are we, what world am I living in right now? So, so hold on. I don't even know how to how to because it, nobody broke the news to me. For anyone who doesn't know, I I, I I turn off after after Monday. I don't read the dirty. So there's a lot of things that went over my head. If, if you don't mind, <laughs> I'll kind of guys the intro of this one. So everybody's familiar with the super kick, headbutts, mm-hmm. anything of that nature. One of the key parts of that move. What is it, people? Guess guess. Uh, the leg slap. Guess what we can't do in WWE anymore. Fucking leg slaps. Not only can't you leg slap, but according to Wrestling Observer, like they'll fine you. Like if they catch you leg slapping for a super kick, they'll fine you now. If you they'll slap your thigh, you. if they hear a slapping sound in that fucking ring, they're fining you money. They're taking money out of your paycheck. What <laughs> happened? Did somebody <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> what happened? For the WWE marks out there who blindly defend this bullshit, just, just so you know, 
Adam Cole's super kick will never be as good as it's ever been before. You know why? Because they don't want to flex we, his leg we anymore. Only know that's only the main roster so far, at least to my knowledge. Now we oh, can't even we can't even confirm this story. So I would say take it with a grain of salt. But Dave Meltzer's quoted as saying tonight, just as an example, right outside of the gorilla position tonight and on Raw as well. There's a little sign that says "Do not slap leg when kicking." So that's the instructions for the main roster. I don't know if they're going to find people, but they absolutely have a warning. So Meltzer can say that he saw a fucking sign, that there was visuals of a sign on a door that says do not. So I can assume maybe the fine is there because the story about the fine came out before anybody talked about that there was a sign on the door. When fucking Drew McIntyre goes with a Glasgow kiss, you're not going to hear give us a kiss. All you're going to hear is give us a kiss. <laughs> what kind of dingbat Sunday special <laughs> bullshit is that? I don't know it's what happened so though. I just wish I just wish I understood what happened. Is anyone too scared to have asked what happened? So, from what I, I think I might have heard, like I think I, I think I might have skimmed past something I heard. I guess Vince saw a match where there was a very obvious leg slap, and Vince got mad because Vince gets mad at everything. And apparently, I'm yeah, I'm seeing that. Uh, yeah, Melsa was saying that this apparently happened during SmackDown. He just saw like a. I guess he saw a super kick he didn't like, and that was it. That's all it took. Because he's just... so apparently, yeah, the person who did it, it was obvious on camera that they had slapped their leg. And uh, I guess when he saw it, like the obvious motion of it, he was like, "That's too obvious. Don't do it anymore." I'm this is what I'm gonna, what I'm going to assume. Which even then, that doesn't really do them any fucking favors. You know what? It's only what common sense would do. Tell him, okay, if you're going to slap your leg, conceal it. Do some, do it, do it quicker. Some, something where it doesn't look as obvious. Ashley said my TV turned off, but I could still hear the stream. I'm confused. That's brunch synergy. We are magic. Yep, brunch synergy. We're always here. No, I'm playing. You know, scared. Of George said girl. Randy oh. made Vince hate it. Randy George used to hate it too, right? He used to always attack it. Yeah, but then again, I was just fucking Orton just trolling and shit. Right, well, no more, no more thigh slapping unless you want to pay for it, or unless you get permission. There'll probably be only some people who have to get permission to do it. Hmm. Oh my god, George! And George, this company does not have a sense of timing or anything. So yeah, no, no, there was only there. You could just use uh, can't they just use sound effects? It's like no, nobody wants their shitty piped in leg slaps. But there is good news because thanks to this leg slap, you can get some merchandise because there is a new "Do Not Slap Your Leg" T-shirt at Pro Wrestling Tees. Dot com. Okay, okay. When you said pro wrestling tees, I had sigh because I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> Let me see if I could bring this up here. Oh my god. If you could have seen me look up, like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. But yeah, it is, it is actually by Don Callis. He made this shirt. <laughs> Man, they work fast, right? Like, I just found out about this story and there's already a shirt. Don't hear bullshit. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, give me a second here. I'm looking for it because it's on the Pro Wrestling Tees website. Good Lord. But yeah, I'll bring it up in a little bit for you guys so that we can... Uh... Oh, is this it? There it is. Do not slap shirt. Here you go. Pro Wrestling Tees. Get it on the screen large. Twenty four ninety nine. Do not slap leg when kicking. Look at that. I will put the link in the chat room for anybody who wants to buy this to be a dick. Now that we have the link, do not slap leg. Not everywhere else you could slap your leg, though. 
everywhere else. You can make a super kick sound like a fucking super kick. Out of all the problems that they have, that's what they're worried about. <laughs> George said they're probably going to just add a sound effect like they do with everything. Oh my god, that's going to suck. They're going to suck worse than everything else. <laughs> just add a sound effect. To do. Oh my god. Like the, 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 with, with, with the shit timing this company has when it comes to like, like is it the point now where some people can't even hit the dump button right? So... <laughs> Callis's tweet with that said, now available. Glad they took my advice. Hell nah. <laughs> I love how that cow, dog Callis is about to make money just fucking with him. Like, oh, boy. That is wonderful. So many rules in WWE. So many that don't make sense. Another rule that has been added to this new WWE is uh, when it comes to signing talent that are over the age of 30, there has to be like a special situation where somebody's like really, really good or has like a lot of potential. Like they'd have to have a really big name from somewhere else. If you're coming to developmental, you have to be below the age of 30. That being said, the last two signees, L.A. Knight, Eli Drake was 38 and Taya Valkyrie is 37. But Taya Valkyrie um, has a name in the business. And I don't know how the hell L.A. Knight got here, but maybe he was the last exception. Yeah, they consider him a name. I guess from where though, yeah. besides TNA. I, I I mean he he was he was in the era of Impact when they still had fans there. So how I was a fan, and I've never heard of him before that. Yeah. He showed up. Um, when he first first came to Impact, it was around actually yeah, just about the same time when uh McIntyre showed up there because they were in a faction together, and then he broke off on his own. And I think he actually stayed longer than yeah he he wound up outlasting McIntyre there. On Facebook, Hughes Thompson, hope I'm saying your name right. He said that uh, WWE's going to clip the Lucha Underground super kick sound. Is there. <laughs> Jesus. Yo, you know what the bad part about it is? They slap legs in Lucha Underground. Maybe they'll just take one of their legs, slap completely defeating the purpose. Or oh, the Thunderdome speakers will do it. I don't know anymore, man. You know what the bad part is? Their timing is going to be like super kick. <laughs> it's out of sync for even that, it's gonna right? It's going to be like two seconds. <laughs> so you'll be seeing people under 30 unless there's a special situation. Yeah. Also, uh, when it comes to the network, there's speculation that WWE might start having to pay royalties to legends when they have content, including them streaming on the WWE network. And because Bill... We stop seeing stuff with legends. Because apparently someone named Bill Nye, should I know him? He filed a lawsuit against Disney because they were streaming his show on Disney+. Plus. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, Bill Nye, Bill the Nye science guy. guy. Oh, I see. Bill Nye, Bill, the science Bill, guy. Wow. Bill. Apparently he sued oh. Disney because they were streaming that on Disney+. Plus and he believed that he was owed 50% of the royalties for the streams. And Disney said they should only give him 20%, saying that it was a stream and not a broadcast, which technically... And that's what a lot of laws hide behind, the wording, because there wasn't such a thing as streaming before. So the wording is for the only covers broadcasts. Um, but uh, streaming, they said, was the natural evolution of home video. Disney won, but uh, apparently the judge said that streaming content is the progression of VHS and DVD and that it could eventually. Uh, so, you know, that basically means that I guess in the future this could become an issue is the general consensus here. Well, they should pay these guys royalties. Everybody's hiding behind streams now, huh? A lot of people went to streaming because they didn't want to pay the high cable prices. And a lot of content came to streaming because they didn't want to be part of the high cable freaking infrastructure. And now everybody's over in streaming. 
So, and no one wants to give us like any kind of a uh, like us longtime people who are part of this early on streamers are kind of grandfathered into a lot of uh, lower plans. But when you think about it, people in the future are going to be screwed. Like I think Netflix and stuff that is streaming content, uh, it's no longer like the nine ninety nine fee for other people, right? I don't think so. So eventually WWE will also get more money and uh, these people still won't be getting royalties. And even if they do, their royalties won't be increasing. Oh boy. And you know what, man? There's been a lot of misinformation. I actually did this myself. I didn't mean to bring this up on the show, but I was researching for myself about this WWE Network Peacock thing. I did a little bit of research earlier today because I wanted to know exactly how does this process go? Do we uh, just wait around and suddenly we're a part of Peacock or what? But no, apparently what happens is they're going to start rolling out. And this is important information. I'm surprised I didn't see this reported in more places. This is going to concern anyone with the WWE Network. They're going to start rolling out the network to Peacock Thursday, March 18th. That way it'll be ready by March 21st for Fastlane. But it's going to be sort of phased out. Meaning that like they're going to be starting this network from scratch. This is not going to be them taking the WWE Network as you know it and moving all of the things over to Peacock. That was a misconception that we were misled to. And trust me, I know, because I went to see what I could do with my account. What's going to happen is you're going to be moved to a new infrastructure where they will be rebuilding the WWE Network like they did the first time. So when you get there, March 18th through 21st, whenever you're going to go there to watch uh, Fastlane, you're going to have... Just like in the beginning, every WrestleMania up to 37 and all of the pay-per-views that are coming out from that point forward. But the content before, like the Steve Austin things, the the documentaries, all that shit, you're going to have to get your fix in in the next couple of weeks, unfortunately, because that content is going to disappear. And they're saying that they're hoping by SummerSlam, the new Peacock version of the WWE Network will then have it all uploaded there. But this doesn't sound as smooth as it used to. Now... The network that you're on isn't going to disappear between the 18th and 21st. They're going to keep it going until April 1st. But after that time, they're turning off the network that you have. So March, April, I'm sorry, April. So April, May, June, July, pretty much up to August, that content is going to be in limbo as they start to transition it over to Peacock. What you'll be paying for at that time is going to be a new reborn WWE network that's just going to have the WrestleManias and content as we go along. Hopefully, I'm explaining this as best as I can. So, uh, the channel, you mean like the live channel, right? That's a good fucking question. That's a good question. And also, another misconception that you weren't told about. We were led to believe that you, it would be $4.99, and then if you want the other Peacock stuff, that it'll be $9.99. That's not how it works at all. You need Peacock Premium no matter what. Peacock Premium is going to cost you $4.99 a month. Once you sign up for Peacock Premium and you're in Peacock Premium, you then go in there to the WWE Network and for another $4.99, you then sign up for the WWE Network. So it's two $4.99 subscriptions to get back in. And no, none of your shit migrates over. If you don't do this, you're not going to just suddenly be there. You have to go and redo all of this. So, uh... That is the news of how the WWE Network is going to work. What are your thoughts, Dustin? That's a lot of steps for me to have to go to a whole, whole new platform just to watch all shit. 
I don't care about signing up for the Peacock and then the network, which it comes out a little bit more than $9.99 because it's $4.99 twice. I mean, I guess, yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? It's basically 10 bucks. But we're not getting a discount. Um, My bigger concern is I don't like the idea that this is a new network, like that for a long time, the content that we're used to just having that big library of content isn't going to be there. And I'm someone who I don't go on there a lot. But I just like it. I don't give a fuck. I like the idea that I can click on it when I want. And there's a big library of things I may or may not want to see. Isn't that what I'm paying for? Whereas now that thing's going to move over. And hey, until SummerSlam, we're going to sl- get this much. We're going to slowly be drip fed the content that was already there. You see what I mean? And I don't like that because it's almost like the Disney vault type shit. You know what I mean? Where they would make stuff unavailable just so that later on they could be like coming back out from the Disney vault for a limited time. You know, I don't want that. You know, I don't want to be drip fed the content that's all accessible right now. I don't even give a fuck if it's for four or five months. You know, you put everything on there at the same fucking time. Yeah, because basically now what you're telling me is you slowly told me this information. I'm going to be paying nine ninety a month and under a month for a service that's going to basically have 37 pay-per-views, WrestleManias. That's it. And save by the bell and and all that other shit in there, and that you're gonna slowly drip feed the content you already had. Like that's not fucking acceptable, man. Not for nothing, but for people who've been here from the beginning, they should have it set up already. Uh, they should have done this, and then and unless everybody's ready, unless it's ready, they should not be migrating people over to a service that has less. You know, I don't care if you're still pay- getting the new pay per views and stuff. It's just a principle. You're being migrated over to a service that's just gonna have thirty seven fucking files. And yeah, by the time Fastlane, it'll be 38 and whatever other things they put on there as we go. But I just don't like that years and years of content is going to be gone for a little while. And I also what don't... What happens f- if you were in the middle of binge or some of that shit? Guess what? Yeah. You got to wait till fucking SummerSlam and finish it. And I also don't believe them. How do I know that they're going to successfully get that shit on? Who's to say that some of they're going to say it's taking longer than we thought? Or they're going to get used to the idea of drip feeding the content, which makes it seem like they always have new content to Peacock, to NBC. Or they're going to do like they do with some of the wrestlers and just give the fuck up. <clears throat> it sounds to me more like they're getting rid of the WWE network, to be honest with you. And I think that they're idiots because here's the deal. One of the main reasons why there's such a thing as auto subscribing whenever you pay for anything, Xbox Live, Netflix or whatever, is because they're depending on people to just leave those things idly on their cards not giving a fuck about it anymore. Middle to upper class people have the tendency to have multiple credit cards and they do not really care about a nine ninety nine charge. That's how a lot of OnlyFans girls get over. That's how a lot of subscriptions get over. A lot of people who have money don't give a shit about a charge like that. They could leave it on there for years and years and years and not think twice about it. And they might be just the same way I said, I like having a WWE network just in case. They might like having the WWE network just in case. But you know what? There, we talked about their numbers on here again. I'm not going to go into it again. But if you take their already low numbers, now you're going to have to ask yourself how many of those people are only subscribers because of the fact that they left it on their card. How many people are going to go to Peacock, put in their new information, subscribe, then go to the WWE Network within Peacock, put in the new information and subscribe. Now you're going to find out what their real numbers are. What was it? Something like 1.2 million people have the WWE Network. I think from my memory, I could be wrong. 1.2. Out of that 1.2, now you're going to see how many of them actually give a fuck that they have it versus how many just left it on their cards paying. Because the biggest mistake that they made in this whole stupid transition is not having the accounts migrate over. They are going to fuck themselves badly. This is going to be like, I can't even believe it. This is going to be the disaster. Anyone that understands how subscriptions work 
You should be appalled at the fact that they're foolish enough to do this. Your subscription, that should have been priority number one, that no matter what, we want the payments and everyone who is subscribed to migrate over. The last thing in the world you want to do is have to have subscribers you already have resubscribe. There are people that lose followers on Twitter because their accounts get hacked and have to start from zero, and then it takes them years to get their followers back. And you know what? Pressing the follow button, that shit is free. It's a matter of reaching out to everybody again, the effort and energy that that takes, the years that they put into this network to be stupid enough to decide that before WrestleMania, before WrestleMania, fucking days before WrestleMania, you're going to ask your community to go and subscribe. I hate to get dark about this, but there might be some people's subscriptions still running because someone that they lost during this fucking pandemic hasn't taken it off yet. People don't even have all of their affairs and credit cards and shit in order. Some do. There are places that don't. It's now the best time to take your already established audience and tell them that they got to sign up for some shit they just heard of when everyone's complaining about your content in the first place. You're giving them a window of opportunity to ask themselves, do I want to pay for this shit right now? There's too much signing up between these two subscriptions for me to think if I really want to do this. I could easily talk myself out of it in between the signs. I mean... Obviously, people like us, the suckers like us are going to have this, but I'm just saying the average person, oh my God. <laughs> the average person, and that's another thing, old people that they got in the first damn place that's def- that, that, that might have that might have gotten help getting it. It might not happen the same way, man. Yeah. Worst and case scenario, they it, leave 1.2 million subscribers sitting on an abandoned service and they don't fucking migrate over. It's possible. And then here's another thing to think about it. A case of like you, where you've had it since day one. Why are day ones having to resubscribe? If I'm a day one and they're telling me resubscribe, if I'm a day one, no, fuck you. You migrate my shit over, or I'll keep my fucking ten bucks. You know what, man? I might not. Ha- I might not resubscribe. I gotta be it's honest. It's not worth I know, it. I know I said that on here they, they, before. They are literally inconveniencing you not a ten dollars so you can watch their shit product. What? And it's it's not just that. It's just that now I'm paying nine ninety nine per pay per view. You know what I mean? Like, because I would need it for Fastlane, and then there's nothing on there to watch. I can't go back to the other shit I missed. Then I would need it for Mania, and then there'd be nothing on there to watch for, for a while. I'm, what what the hell? Like, I don't care that much for them to have the balls to take all that content and drip feed it to us. It's just another case of them showing that they don't give a fuck about anybody who supports the shit. Yeah, I they think my support to them has come fuck. to an end. And so you're probably right, George. You're probably anybody. right. I'm aware of places. I don't plug shit, but you're probably right. If that's the way they're going to be, I was a day one subscriber. You know, I don't like the content being fucking drip fed to us. Exactly. Like, why are you saying, hey, if you're in the middle of this table for three binge, sorry, but after WrestleMania, you got to wait till uh, SummerSlam to finish it. Why are you not just putting all of your shit? What was it when um when Mixer died? I think you I think you remember telling me once they moved basically all of our shit over to Facebook Gaming. Didn't drip feed it. Just took it and over here. Yeah, our old Facebook, our own mixer URL jumps us over to Facebook now. And they don't charge a shit. Yeah, no, you're right. But yet this fucking three and a two and a half ring circus wants to be like, hey, so um we're gonna move places and what we want you to do is we want you to pay five dollars to get in it and then five dollars to get the network. No, fuck you. Yeah, no, it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't compute for me to have that expense there like for nothing. Just for their pay per view that I'm reluctant about already. And again, this wasn't even anything on the dirt sheets, man. This wasn't me putting together my program. This was me earlier today 
when I was watching the end of SmackDown, they mentioned something about Peacock, and I thought, you know what, maybe I'll put my I'll put my account over right now. And when I went and looked, it was like this is what I just realized. You know, I started googling how to migrate your your damn account and stuff. And uh, as a matter of fact, there's this one site, FlashGear.com. They had a pretty interesting article, and they talk more about what it's like. Look at these guys. They'll tell you the real deal with that. You're getting a reboot of the WWE Network, my friend. That's the harsh truth. They're rebooting everything nowadays, even networks. <laughs> Later, Ash. Later, Ashley. Have a good night. Like that's like why? Like their I'm sorry, their product is not good enough to inconvenience people like that. The fuck? They, people with better products have inconvenienced you in less ways. I can't wait to hear the numbers after this jump, dude. Oh, dude, I can't wait to hit that cancel button. You won't have to. It's just going to drop you. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Trouble, they literally drop you. They drop all that money, all that automatic money. And then they have to so use effort, energy, and advertising to convince you to subscribe to something that they already had you for. Well, I am excited because I'm officially going to be saving $10 a month. <sighs> Holy shit, the lack of intelligence is amazing. Even if they want to make this move, they just needed to have something in, in place to make sure people get cleanly ported over. Or just stop touching shit. Why do you think Microsoft tried to lock people in for Game Pass for stuff like three years and two years? And people are like, oh, what a shitty deal. Like, you know, they, they're screwing themselves. No, they're not screwing themselves. Because now you're here with them. Next time it's time for a council. Why would you go anywhere else? You already have your three-year deal that they'll extend two years from now. They'll keep you forever. There's incentive for you to stick around. Right. Like, hey, you paid for three years of this product. Here's like almost 200 fucking games. See how many you can beat before that timer runs out. And when you went from 360 to Xbox One to Xbox X to Xbox Series X, not one time did they ever ask you to redo anything. They didn't ask you your name again, your address, they didn't ask you your credit card, you plug that shit in. And I think that's the reason people became more fearless when it comes to jumping phones, jumping platforms, because it's like you can literally throw your phone and then go get it and all of your stuff's there. And in that same world where that's possible, you have to now resubscribe to two services to get back the one you had. I can't wait to hear the numbers of the first month. Oh my god, it's gonna, I can't. I will never be more excited for. We might not. That might be the only segment of that fucking show. They should have kept Christian because they're gonna need somebody to do that post to look for where the fucking money's going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bullshit like this going, and we wonder why Christian left. Well, go if you close your eyes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's what they're gonna need, man. They're gonna need somebody to do that shit over their eyebrow. Like, where's the money? Where the fuck's our money? You idiots. <laughs> there's nothing more valuable. Anyone who does Twitch or anything knows that there's nothing more valuable than a fucking subscriber. For you to make a conscious decision to leave a platform with the subscribers in place. Yo, I just realized something, and it's the fuck. It's so funny how you mentioned Twitch and gaming. It's this perfect correlation. This is like when Fallout seventy six came out. We've been what a year in. <laughs> the game's still as broken as ever. And then Todd Howard goes, hey, check out this $100 subscription service for a year for our broken piece of shit game. And they're like, what? Yeah. I was like, you haven't even fixed You haven't even fixed the $60 game. Why do you want me $100 more? Unbelievable, man. Fucking, unbelievable. Fucking WWE. It just works. Which, by the way, while we're on Christian, Mr. All Elite Christian, we're not going to talk too much about that. If you want to hear our opinion... On Christian and the bad explosion. We'll talk a little about the bad explosion. That's unavoidable. But if you want to hear our opinion about Christian, you'll listen to last night's episode. Uh, but 
again, when I leave here, I don't go back into the wrestling sheets. Some of you make the mistake of keeping like the sites at your fingertip. You could check it 10 times, 20 times. I don't do that with timelines or anything on social media. So when I'm gone from here, that's it. I don't know anything. That being said, uh, Friday night at midnight, going into Saturday morning, uh, there was a report. I'm trying to see. It was Raj Geary, Wrestling Inc.'s Raj Geary. He initially, prior to this date, said that Christian had signed a new contract with WWE, which is what threw a lot of people off the trail of Christian being one of the guys going to AEW. That being said, Friday night at midnight, going into Saturday midnight, uh, he put out a tweet saying, my apologies, everyone. I had tweeted earlier this week that Christian was confirmed signed with WWE. Christian was apparently under contract with Fox Sports, not WWE, and that deal may be up as well. I apologize for the error. And then he gave like a link with more details. And then he ended off saying that Christian signing with AEW is definitely a possibility. So anybody who had eyes on the dirt sheets going Friday night into Saturday morning should have pretty much had a good idea of who was coming out. So I'm actually surprised that so many people who were glued to the screens were all going, it was Christian, where it's like, I get my excuse. I don't come on here at all when I'm gone. But how the hell did so many of you guys not know? They practically had a fucking glowing red arrow pointing at it with his name. If you if you look at if I'm looking back at because what I do before I come on here on Mondays, I go through the whole entire last seven days of news. There were so many hints all over the thing. I don't know how you guys didn't just know who the fuck it was. Like if I was on here, they wouldn't have. There's no way they would have surprised me with that. Like there's a guy who blatantly corrected himself and said, you know what I mean? Like it was the timing of that shit couldn't have been more of a direct confirmation that Christian was heading there, in my opinion. So. Yeah, unless you weren't paying attention to the sheets. I don't know how the hell so many people, because I, I looked on Twitter at the reaction when he came out, because I wanted to see, I wanted to basically taste the salt. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe, <laughs> like, how many people didn't know. But then when you look at those people, they're, they're people that, and it's no, no, no uh, discredit, Destin and I don't do it, no disrespect, but there's a lot of people, anyone who has social media knows it, that they'll tweet along with the product. You know, like every two seconds, another tweet, a tweet, a tweet about a spot, a tweet, a tweet, a finish, a spot, tweet. You've seen them. Those people are the ones that were shocked about Christian. And I'm like, you never fucking left this platform. How the fuck have you been on here since I've been gone and somehow this news has eluded you? Right. You never never stopped tweeting about wrestling since I left last Monday. You're still here and surprised. Like, that is crazy, man. Like, like, like for me, usually if I catch something dirty related or something like that, it's on accident. Yeah, same here. Like, I'll be scrolling regular stuff. If I know about a story ahead of this show it's because i was scrolling through facebook probably looking for something completely different and i just so happen to see exactly i figure that that will be the way same here but it's just weird when i'm seeing guys i'm not talking about people who take off like us but when i'm seeing people the ones that are tweeting had never left they were chain tweeting the whole time how the fuck like you're you're so you're, you're feeling your tweet so much you're not even looking at the other stuff i guess like who are you subscribe to or following the, the you you couldn't see right? this coming Holy crap, you're lucky that I don't do more than one show a week. Yeah, there's no way, there's no way they could have spoiled. This wasn't a spoiler. <laughs> then there was talks, there was actually media? talks going on over the last week that the contract negotiations fell through, that they didn't, they weren't happy and shit. That, that news came out this week. Hello. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. When I started, when I, after, after we got off the air, just because I was curious earlier today, I was like, let me try to look back through this. When I saw that, when I saw all that shit, I was like, wow, this is a lot of shit to miss. Yeah. <laughs> And in that moment, I was like, yo, I must have missed this fucker's tweets every day of the week. 
That's unbelievable. <laughs> Stace has got it without any without any dirt sheet. You figured it might be Christian. I just thought that'd be silly. I guess they showed me. But uh, Jericho was recently on wrestling with Brandon F. Walker, and he spoke. They had an extensive interview, but he spoke briefly in regards to uh, the fact that there's accusations of WWE signing too many cast-offs. And uh, this is what he had to say. Let me bring this up for you. Give me a sec here. It's funny because people, some people are like, well, you can't sign all these, you know, WWE cast-offs or the, 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 the guys from that generation. And, and we really haven't. If you look, when there was a big purge earlier in the year or last year and they let a bunch of people go, I don't think we hired any of those guys and nothing against them. But a guy like Big Show transcends that. He's one of the most recognizable pro wrestlers in the world. And when you're dealing with a new company, because it's only been a year and a half, like you said, and if we want to try and go get a TV deal in India, for example, who's on the show? Chris Jericho. Oh, we know him. Sting. Oh, we know him. Paul White. Oh, really? We know him. Same thing as I said before. Those are the guys that can open the door to get people's eyeballs on Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Darby and Cody and, you know, everybody else that I mentioned, Ricky Starks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he is super valuable and also that he has the one thing that you can't teach. Well, two things, obviously you can't teach someone to be a giant, but you can't teach someone experience. And Paul's got almost as much experience as I do, probably 25 years at this point. We've got a lot of big guys on our roster who need to think more like big guys. Paul can help with that. Paul can also be very funny on comedy. He's very charming. And I know more than anybody. A motivated big show, a motivated Paul White is very dangerous. He doesn't have to wrestle every week, nor should he. But when he gets the call and he wants to be there and he wants to prove what he can do, he's one of the best big man workers that's ever lived. So he's got that side of the coin as well. He's a great sign for uh, for AEW. And I think anybody that doesn't know for sure will have their minds changed very, very quickly. Now, a point that he makes that is very good is if you are trying to go for TV deals outside of America to places like India, he's right, you know. We have Sting, yeah, we know him. We have Big Show, we know him. We have Chris Jericho, we know him. He's absolutely right. If you're trying to expand your company and you want to get your name out there, you want to do ambassador shit and signings and, you know, I guess just all the things that just extend you, then it probably is a smart strategically corporate wise to have a Jericho, to have a Sting, to have a, a Big Show. You need these guys to help elevate the other talent. And he is right about the fact that Big Show is going to know how to work and show big guys how to work. That's another thing that's been a criticism of this company, that big guys don't work yeah. like big guys. They do moonsaults and springboards and shit, where it's like Big Show does know how to work like a big guy. So yeah, kind of even them out a little bit. Just like, hey, it's cool that you can do this, but don't do it all the time. His points are very valid. You know, I'm giving credit for that. If you want to listen yeah. to the whole entire interview, here is the link. Yeah, because at the end of the day, social media. they mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day, they know Big Show everywhere three times over. So right. it's like if fans over in India, hey, like, hey, Big Show's over here. Okay, let me check this out. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely uh, logic there. Again, I just think, I don't think that... uh. I had nothing against the Big Show signing, and I don't even have anything against the Christian signing. I have something against the way the Christian one specifically was handled. Yeah. It was just the hype. There was too much hype there. You know, you got to think about it. Like, there was almost, I, I venture to say there was more hype there for him than there was for Sting. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember them building up Sting to that level. Not that you would but need then to again, build up Sting. Yeah, yeah. But, Sting was meant to be a complete surprise versus some of the other And that's so much better. Right? That's so much better. 
I, I can't think of yes. anyone that they built up the way they did to Christian, man. You know, like that's not a good move. And that's really what hurt it. It's nothing wrong with having yeah. all of the points that Jericho make are 100 percent valid. You know, but they, they hopefully they learned something from that. There had to be some lessons that were taught here. Oh, yeah. I'm hearing uh, that Pat McAfee has been quietly under the table trying to get hired by AEW. Maybe he sees that there's a hiring spree going on, so he wants to be all in, huh? Because uh, apparently, let's see what was happening here. There was a media conference call about the Crossroads special, the AEW Dynamite of last Wednesday that Cody Rhodes was on, and he was asked about um, Pat McAfee. Um, And uh, he said that Pat McAfee reaches out to him almost every day to get a job in AEW. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny yeah maybe I mean he's not bad the guy did good in NXT right I don't, it'd be right. funny that he Cody throws him under the bus like that his current employers may not appreciate that anyway what else do we got on the old program here oh this this I thought was just an interesting little side story here but uh Matt Cardona aka Zack Ryder uh was on his show uh true Long Island story I didn't even know he still had that are you kidding me is that is right? That still, I forgot that it was still a thing. I thought I was misreading this program. I was like, is this an old program? He talked about a time that he had to apologize to Triple H and The Undertaker for disrespecting them. I mean, you know, I heard about this story, but I just never bothered to see exactly what it was. This is another case where like, I just passed by it and I was like, hmm, that'll probably go and go on Monday. <laughs> yeah, it was just filler. Okay, filler. What we got here? Because at first, and we'll talk about this later in the show, at like, first, like, social media is not really a thing. Later, there's a literally the social media zone like back in the day like we've talked about before one time i got in trouble by the undertaker for being on my cell phone for those who don't know the story uh it was overseas we were in mexico i believe the main event is vladimir kozlov versus uh triple h this is like the last night of the tour so how many times have i seen this match you know what i'm saying how right, many times yeah. I seen this match so like uh you know all the boys uh all the wrestlers fellow wrestlers are, are sitting watching the monitor and Hawkins and I are on our phone. Hawkins claims he was just checking the time at this exact instant. But the Undertaker gives the the Undertaker head snap. You know? Basically, you know, disrespectful for being on your phone, blah, blah, blah. And it's, and it's pretty pissed. And I'm wow. like, okay, this is the Undertaker, locker room leader, pissed. Yeah, hell yeah. Um so afterwards, like Mark Henry, he he pulls us aside. And, uh, you know, he's like, what up, dude? And he, he, says, he says, go up to Taker and say, what up, dude? Yeah. No, he didn't say that. But he says that, you know, you need to apologize to Undertaker. And I'm like, okay, you're absolutely right. So, so Hawkins and I, we pull him aside. We apologize. And he's super cool about it. Super cool, you know? Yeah. Because uh, we were very respectful. Um, super cool. But he's like, you really need to apologize to the guys in the main event. Okay? So we're like... Oh okay, so we'll, we'll apologize to Vladimir Kozlov, which I don't even know if we did. Maybe we did, but he doesn't know what's going on, right? We love Oleg. Oleg's the best. One of our friends from Deep South. I'm th- cringing right now. Bro, I'm cringing right you're... now. Think about it. Oh. But now we have to stooge ourselves off <sighs> to Triple H. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's the worst. Right? So Triple H, I'll never forget this. He's in like a <laughs> private dressing room, and we're like, um, excuse me, Triple H. <laughs> Uh, I just, <laughs> um, we were on our cell phones during your match and we're really, really sorry. That was very disrespectful. Whatever we said, you know, and he, he played it off like he didn't care, you know, right, right. but I was like, oh man. Uh, and this was like at a time when that cell phone incident happened, this was like the edge heads were not with edge anymore. This was like the beginning of the end. So like, I'm sure that didn't do us any favors, Wow, you know, yeah, um, so weird. 
But flash forward, there's literally something called the social media zone where you're encouraged to be on your phone. They, there's literally like phone chargers like for people to charge their phones and stuff right. to tweet. And it has like all the hashtags to use and stuff like that. So they don't have that anymore. But I've- Yeah, you got screwed. You have to go knock on his door. Excuse me. <laughs> it's like a fucking child that just got in trouble in the neighborhood and you got to tell her, oh, fuck, you got to apologize to the homeowners association and shit. When he when he opens the door, like, you know, in his head, he probably does her time to play the game. Oh, my God. Or even worse, he hears his old fucking my time music. And hey, we want to talk to you for a minute. Sure, guys, come in. And then when he starts walking, he turns around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, all right, let's talk lawsuits. Huh? Damn, those. <laughs> oh, I just looked at it. I had a pile of lawsuits here. You know, so it's like, it just made me think, why not talk about them? Okay, right. <sighs> I oh, can't believe you still We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. Oh, too dramatic. Shit. Too dramatic. Those were the days, though. So, uh, Joey Ryan, of course, he has to be someone who comes up when we talk lawsuits nowadays, right? All the time. Yeah. Joey Ryan apparently was going to be part of an event. Let's see what the hell this is that we had going on here. Uh, It was. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. It's just you couldn't write this, man. This is the kind of episodic shit I would write if Netflix gave me a contract. He was going to be part of a charity called the Wrestling for Women's Charity. Right. Again, not saying whether or not any of the allegations are accurate or not. But I'm just saying that I couldn't think of a more inappropriate time or title of a fucking charity to put Joey Ryan, the dick flip guy, the wrestling for women's charity. The only thing that I could think of is that he saw this as an opportunity to try to redeem himself by wrestling for something called the wrestling for women's charity. But instead it backfired and somebody said, why do you have the rapist dick flip guy as your wrestling for women's charity? Um, wow. I heard that Tony Khan was like, if he's going to be there, none of my guys are going to be there. Is that true? Yeah. Tony was like, I am not about to piss off all these women. Jesus. And, uh, and after that happened, wow, they decided, fuck it, we're just going to cancel the whole women's charity because he's going to be there. <laughs> like after Tony Khan said, if he's there, my guys won't be there. I guess they just decided no women's charity, no soup for any of you. So the whole thing got pulled. That motherfucker said no soup for any of you. The fuck, whole thing is canceled. Down. Everybody, I guess, whatever you were, whatever you were going to do, it's, it's over. And they put out, we, we apologize for riling everyone up. It's, it is clear that we're in over our heads. And that's it. The thing's gone now. We'll say that everybody booked was fully aware of all the details, including going through AEW's third-party booking system for talent. Rather than put talent in tough situation, we've just canceled the show. Wow. Wow. That definitely is not good for Joey Ryan, right? Not in who, who any wanna go, way, Jay Whether you believe him or not, who the fuck would want to go near someone? He can't... The, like, his presence canceled an event. Right. Like... At that point, I'm just laying low for a while. Holy crap. Wow. I mean, can he afford to? I mean, I just saw a thing where he was saying that he's taking more acting gigs and stuff. What are you doing with the women's charity thing then? Right. Well, that sucks for everyone who got affected by that shit. Yeah. That ain't true. Yeah. There's no forgiveness, unfortunately. Whether you agree with it or not, this new world that we live in, there's not going to be any forgiveness for anybody whatsoever. Uh, you know. People are bring- still mad at Hogan. 
Which brings us to our next victim. I mean, I'm sorry, our next story. Marty's girl. We spoke last week about how he was in New Japan and stuff. Uh, but apparently they moved, they, they removed him from the TV tapings there too. He's not going to be used at all, according to Dave Meltzer. So, uh, yeah, this is all because of the fact that, uh, during the speaking out movement, he admitted that he, uh, had sex with a 16 year old, but he said it was consensual. But he knew that she was 16, which is the late age of consent in the UK. So there's an obscured bit of information there. Um, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know what the hell happened. But according to Fightful Select, they're saying that several members of the roster weren't thrilled with his involvement. And numerous people who worked the tapings said if they would have been made aware of Skrulls and Mom ahead of time, they would have made it clear that they didn't want to work at those tapings. So because of that, they pulled him off of there. So... Hell hath no fury like cancel culture. You may never see these guys again <laughs> yeah, with the way this uh with the way this is going, to be honest. If it felt like something at one point that might blow over, but here we are twenty twenty one in a rebooted world essentially, and these guys are fucked. The the Joey the Joey Ryan one strikes me even more shocking because of the fact that uh the whole thing is gone. You know, they were just like, fuck it. You know, and it's just like the whole thing's gone. Like imagine if if, if freaking uh Marty Skrull would have gotten New Japan canceled. Like, you know, we don't need wrestling in Japan. We're just going to end this whole thing since he's here. Thankfully not. But, uh, yeah, two rough lawsuits going on. Not really lawsuits, but legalities. But there is a rough lawsuit because Joey Mercury has found himself in a lawsuit, but not because of anything like the other stuff. Apparently, this was the this is an update to his lawsuit Uh because of stuff that happened to him in 2018 and 2019 when he worked for Ring of Honor. He's suing Ring of Honor and Sinclair Broadcasting. Uh, this is according to WrestleZone. This was filed in Maryland because he, it was a forced resignation for being misclassified as an independent contractor. According to him, RRH did not pay him as much as other people performing the same functions as other companies he's worked for. And he was forced to resign from Ring of Honor due to the company's lack of concern towards safety protocols and having medical personnel available during matches. He is suing Ring of Honor for that. Have to see how that goes. What the information is with that. And also, uh, we didn't bring it up, but a couple of weeks ago, there was an update on Kelly Klein, who was also suing Ring of Honor. And her lawsuit, according to Heal by Nature, filed February 24th, is about a breach of contract, unpaid royalties, and a violation of state and federal equal pay acts. She said that, the breach of implied contract, abusive discharge, disc- discrimination and harassment, unsafe work environment also in the lawsuit. The, it alleges that December 31st, 2019, termination from the company happened because she complained about women not receiving equal pay from the company, lack of safety and medical protocol. I remember that. I remember when she complained about all that shit. Yeah. I think yeah. I remember us talking about that story. Mm-hmm. It's also alleged that Jay Lethal made her feel uncomfortable during a situation in a hot tub. Is this the second girl on Jay Lethal? Because wasn't it, uh, wasn't, uh, what's her name? Yeah, it was freaking um, Taylor Hendricks. Taylor Hendricks, right. They said that she went, that, that she didn't yeah. get pushed because she wouldn't fuck Jay Lethal. And now we got this girl saying yeah, that. She, she had all that proof and still I'm waiting for Taylor. But. Uh, it's so hard because I have to, I, it's like I'm going to be careful my wording here, but I'm just reading the fact that it was alleged that Jay Lethal made her feel uncomfortable during a situation in a hot tub. I would just need more details. You know what I mean? Because I can't tell you the last yeah. time I randomly wound up in a hot tub with somebody. 
You know what I mean? Where imagine not like and not just here. gotten out the second you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, but not not just that. Like, when was the last time you were sitting here doing a show with me, and all of a sudden, bloop, you're in a pot tub? Like, oh shit, what the hell? Huh? Like, how do you get? How did we wind up there? Was it like a public thing where everyone was together? Like a group thing? I could see is cool. It's like this, like a group of you. If a man and a woman are together in a hot tub, I'm just curious as to what the context of that allegation is. That's all I'm saying. I can't say that, right? Yeah. Without offending anyone, that I'm just kind of right. curious about. Pretty, pretty much fill, fill in the blanks. I'm not saying fill in the blanks. I'm just saying that it raises an eyebrow because most allegations of things don't normally happen in hot tubs, right? Yeah. Like, in order for me to bring someone into a hot tub against their will, I would have to either drug them or knock them unconscious and then throw their corpse into the fucking hot tub. Put a gun in their back, turn on the bubbles. Yeah, apparently. Be careful who you tub with, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a very intimate setting. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. Apparently, in this lawsuit, Ring of Honor never investigated any of these complaints. Uh, And she said that... uh. Apparently, women wrestlers complained about the lack of storylines in television in the 2018 meeting, and they asked for a raise from 20000 a year to 24000 a year, but it was turned down by Gilliland. Uh, they said that uh, they wouldn't raise the women's pay, even though there was a guy making $184,000 a year, and she was also told that she's not allowed to train unless Jay Lita was there. So, yeah. That doesn't sound like it's going away anytime soon. Oh, no. Yay. Can't wait to follow up on that exciting story of legal bullshit. That's what I look forward to, coming out here to talk about shit like that. Oh, boy. Kayla Braxton. She loves Twitter, huh? Yeah. She tweets out, my whole life I've had to choose. Are you black? Are you white? Which bubble do you fill in on the SATs? I always filled in quote unquote other because nothing applied to me. Tonight, I'm choosing to be over having to choose. Hello, world. I'm Kayla. Oh, and yeah, I'm bi. Unless you mean biracial or bisexual, because the entire paragraph up until the last sentence was about being racial. (laughs) It would be one thing if this whole thing was like, are you straight? Are you gay? Which bubble do you fill in? But the whole thing was about, are you black? Are you white? And there is such a terminology of biracial. But it's interesting if she meant bisexual, which is what everybody would assume and what I would assume, but was ever confirmation. And yeah, also, I haven't seen it. it's been bisexual. And also, do we care? That's another thing. Is it a big deal that to, for her to come out as bisexual? Like, is that was that ever a thing where people? I mean, is there a, is there a thing about coming out to that? Is that still a big deal? I mean, like it's one of those <sighs> most like like a lot. Like I, I mean, my experience, like I, I have like a ninety to ten percent ratio. Most women that I've come across are bisexual. I'm not trying to stereotype here, but I'm just saying, like in the nineties. I guess that makes me sound older, but yeah, definitely in the 90s and the 2000s, like it wasn't that. It was just like there was almost a thesis that, that there was bisexuality in women in general. I just never thought it would be that big of a deal. I mean, it's awesome, great, fantastic, but uh, I don't know. I mean, people still come out about that thing. Yeah. People still get shocked by things like bisexuality and exposed hits and stuff, right? It's such a strange world. Hey, huh. man, they leave it shocked. <laughs> All right. I mean, she's always, I mean, I hate to say it because she's hot as hell, but she's always doing shit on social media to gun for attention, talking about her dates and talking about her sex life and stuff. Like, her tweets definitely come out as stuff to try to get attention. And uh, I don't know what happened after that, but it's being reported that she then deleted her Twitter account. Yeah, I heard about that, and I was like, oh, okay. 
And this happens a lot, though, with her. Where, like, didn't she delete her Twitter account when someone got mad at her for not wearing a mask? Yeah. Did we talk about that, like, in the past month or two? Yeah, and then wasn't there a time before that where she was somebody called her out about all the dates that she has or something, and she deleted her account then? Oh, for a serial deleter. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I feel like I'm on here almost every month talking about, like, her deleting her account. It's like the equivalent of those people that, like, de- that, that, like take her, like, oh, I'm taking a social media so we were talking about that. My last, my last Rick like rant with the mental health breaks and shit, right? People that that, that, that do that kind of stuff. Which, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. That Brock Lesnar dude is training with Eva Marie. Why? What happened there? I don't know. That was the choice? Work. Man, oh my god, I gotta behave. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But no, that kid is huge. <laughs> Holy shit. What's up with what his proportion, though? Like, how come his head's so small? I don't know, but what the fuck do you feed somebody to get them that big? I don't know, but whatever you feed him, that you need to get more of it to his head. bigger than me. Like, is it just me, or is his head really small? I don't know if it's that his head's small, or just that his body's big. He doesn't look like Brock Lesnar there. No. no. Why is he holding his shorts like that? Maybe it's the display of fucking quads from the gods and shit. Like, like that. that. <laughs> That motherfucker looks like that's like his fight pose. Like he gets to the fight like quads, bitch. Boom. Like I don't know if that would be my first. Tell him no. I don't know if that'd be my first choice of training partner. Like if I had somebody, if I had like a pick of the mix, you know. Like could you imagine that? Like if it was like all right, well, can train? We have a a Brian Kendrick here. We have Brian Kendrick. We got Landstorm, Cesaro, and even which one do you want? (laughs) I I guess I, I. I pick fucking Cameron before I pick Eve Murray. Uh, yeah, that is, that is. <laughs> what else can I really say? Right. Yeah. No. Okay. I guess we're gonna go and we're gonna do the weeklies and stuff pretty soon. But uh, yeah. Before we do, I guess one of the last relevant stories that I wanted to bring up was Lacey Evans was recently on the Bella's podcast where she spoke about the fact that uh the, just the pregnancy in general because you know her whole storyline she explained how the pregnancy thing wound up interfering with the storyline and the push that she was getting so uh I'll link you guys to the entire episode but we'll listen to that little bit I mean obviously they were so supportive about even the thought of you know extending my family getting you know, having another baby and um for so for a couple months I tried and in my daughter's eight so she we're talk all the time like we're both in the bathroom taking pregnancy tests but <laughs> <laughs> like she's crying you know cuz it's negative 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 and she's finally like on her knees just praying to god cuz she thinks you know he's the one who will decide when it's time right pray in with the negative tests. And then, then all of a sudden Vince has this idea with the whole storyline. So, um, I was just like, well, all right, everything's been negative, sir. I'll, you know, I'll get back in the game. And then sure enough, Sunday at eight 15, I said, I'll just continue to take practice tests for obvious reasons, you know, protect right. in Sunday at eight 15, it was positive. And it was, uh, God. one week to the day of elimination chamber. And I was, Oh my like, God, ah, you know, like this is great, but damn it. All right. You know, and, um, there's a guilt, you know, you feel guilty because there are so many people working to, for these storylines from the writers to oh, Charlotte, yeah. to her father, to, and I'm just like, dang, but what can you do? And I, you know, right. it, it took me from eight fifteen to eight forty to figure out how to write that up and, and inform oh the God. powers that be that this is, this is where we're at. 
Yeah, so unfortunate timing there. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, Ric Flair also, speaking of him, he spoke recently about how he didn't know anything about that storyline. He just came in to be a legend that they part of the legend show. And then when he got there, they were like, oh, you're going to be in the story lace. Like, they just threw that shit at him before he went through the curtain. Like, he had no idea any of that was happening. Like, he wasn't part of the creative process. They just told him to come to the legend show. So that's how much information you're given in case anyone thinks that like he's backstage at some room fucking being booked or whatever. No, man, they literally, he gets there, he takes off his jacket, goes to Gorilla, and as he's going out there, they just throw that shit in your lap. That's literally his words. I heard him. I can just imagine that shit. Woo! Hey, you're in the storyline with Lacey. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how certain things they want to nitpick and micromanage, but then other things, they'll be like, whatever, we'll just fuck throw it, them through the really? <laughs> Throw it through the curtain. I'm going to drop the whole interview for you guys, as always. Oh, man. Crazy stuff. Okay, let's talk a little bit. By the way, uh, I know I said it was Lester, but Maki Ito, I never brought it up here. She's becoming one of my favorite things. Since we're going into the AEW stuff and the weeklies anyway, I guess it's okay. But Maki Ito kills me. I never brought it up here, but when they first announced her, as being part of AEW and All In. Did you see what she tweeted out? I did not. She tweeted out, I have arrived, motherfuckers. Hashtag AEW. Yes. <laughs> that is the face of a girl that said, I have arrived, motherfuckers. <laughs> and ever since, like, the with the idol thing and with the crying and the stomp, it's been fantastic. But I completely, I never talked about it just before the tournament that her tweet was, I have arrived, motherfuckers. <laughs> That girl is so fun because she's so extra and it's wonderful. Yeah, and they said she's going to be sticking around, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, more move, keep around. Yeah, Mikey Ruckus, the guy who does AEW's entrance music, he said, "I'm coming to Jacksonville on Tuesday," and then uh, he said, "Maki, to let's talk about making some heavy metal music," and she was like, "Wow, please!" So maybe she'll get new music. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I just figured I'd bring that up. That uh. <laughs> I like that tweet from her and I really like the character. That's gonna be a lot of fun. That's, you know? Oh, she's gonna be great. Yeah, like it's already been pretty cool. Yeah. She's she does so much. Just little things she does makes her character so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And George, this one's for you, buddy. <laughs> Impact wrestling. Hard to kill. It is the second highest pay-per-view buy rate since they lost their deal with Spike TV in 2014. It goes to show what a difference a Bullet Club makes. You know, like Don Callis is rolling in money now. He has that hard-to-kill money that he's been rolling in. You know, t-shirt money. He has that t-shirt money going on with the super kick. Don't slap with the kick. Good stuff by him. I'm mad. Yeah. Motherfucker going to make all the super today, goddammit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Alright, we're gonna jump over to uh the weeklies real quick and go into stuff happening there. I wanna start with uh some news about NXT that's actually really important that pertains to the Wednesday night war, which you guys probably already heard. But NXT is officially going to be moving to Tuesdays. Dave Meltzer was told internally in the network that it's a done deal and that you could say it's not if you want to, but internally in the network, it's a done deal. So this is going to be the week after WrestleMania. And it's because of the fact that NBC Sports Network is closing down, leaving hockey 
to move to USA. So, and also they're going to be getting higher ad revenue. So it's pretty much over as far as the Wednesday night wars. Everyone's going to be able to do their own, uh, their own Wednesdays now or their own day of the week, rather one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday. Yeah. Get the max amount of views. So the amount of viewers. Do you like or dislike the, the ending of the Wednesday night wars coming after WrestleMania? Um, so it's, I, I think the timing, I kind of like it because I've always seen WrestleMania as like, for at least the wrestling, it's the end of the wrestling's calendar for the year. So it's like you're starting that new year on basically a new station. Right. So I guess like the timing kind of works rather than it's just like random week. It's just like, all right, the first week after WrestleMania, it's basically almost like a fresh start on a new network right next to you. Yeah, it might be good for everyone. I don't know. We'll have to see exactly yeah. how it goes. But uh, Cody Rhodes was recently on uh, Action Sports Jacks, and uh, they asked him about the move, and this is what he had to say. I'll link you guys to the entire interview. There was this, uh, a fun nature to the Wednesday Night War that plenty of people took very seriously. Um, but we're, if we're being honest, and again, not trying to sound braggadocious, this is a... This is a just a run through. I mean, this this is we have destroyed them mm-hmm. for for over a year now in that space, and them leaving perhaps that opens up a different viewership for us on Wednesdays. Um, but we're not reactionary to their booking. We're not going to change anything we do with what they decide to do on Wednesdays or not. And also there's a lot of smart people who work for WWE and perhaps they're planning something else. Maybe it's going to be Wednesday night raw for all I know. I I'm not assuming that their white flag on moving to Tuesday nights is a true white flag. I, uh, I'll, I'm going to kind of wait and see myself. And in the, in the interim, all we're going to do is continue to come up with good content, great stories and try to make new Kings and Queens, on our on our roster, it, it's you'd be surprised if you're ever backstage at AEW. No one's talking about our competition as far as as far as how it affects our job that night. We're talking about how much we love or are excited to do what we're about to do, and that won't change. Yeah, well, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, they did win pretty much every single day. I don't know about WWE having something else up their sleeve though, like he was saying. Yeah. Like they, I think NXT only won the most success NXT had in this war was basically in the early stages. Mm-hmm. Like when when AEW first like showed up on Wednesday, not that two weeks that they jumped ahead. Like they, they, that was maybe the first maybe few weeks were the most success they had. But once NXT, once AEW got their feet under them it was just off to the races and they've never really been in any real danger since then. They've had a couple of like specials here where NXT's whipped out like a big special episode and they've won. But then even after a while, even that started to not get them those wins in the, in, um, during the week. Yeah. So again, it's a, it's a fresh start and uh, yeah, we'll have to see exactly what happened there. Yeah. No, but rest in peace Wednesday Night Wars. It was fun. Yeah, it was great. It was Wednesday was probably the craziest night for wrestling because it's like you, if at least 
the way I used to do it, you had to sit there and wonder, like, okay, what's going to be my live one this week? <laughs> yeah, you, you, I, you, you would find yourself sometimes looking at both cars, like, oh shit, this is a tough choice this week. Yeah, now I find myself just catching up throughout the end of the week. Yeah, I know you go on them binge sessions at the end of the week, and it's just <laughs> yeah, or I just watch sporadically on my phone or throughout the week whenever I can catch a few matches, you know, because there's so much wrestling nowadays. So, uh, last night at the end of the pay per view. The ring did not explode properly. No. And uh, David Bixenspan, who apparently is the one, someone who posted the uh, the footage of the explosion, which I believe we retweeted. If you guys look and you couldn't see it on our social media because they took down the retweet. He said, weird that super fan friendly, all inclusive, totally not like the evil WWE Empire happiest place on earth wrestling company was so concerned about wiping their main event off Twitter since Tony said that they had a storyline explanation of Kenny sucking and making bombs. And uh, yeah, I noticed they do. They did want to take it down. I guess it does still look like shit, so they don't want it to be everywhere. Yeah. You know, but it can be helped, man. You got to be careful about that. Just use pyro next time. That's the smartest move, you know? And uh, here's another angle of it. Where you get to actually see from a fan self on the reaction and the, just the overall shot. I thought this was a good angle. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Poof. bad, too, because I've seen how that's supposed to look. Yeah, that was... Three, two, one. Poof. (laughs) Write it down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not happy to write that one down, but damn it, it's funny. (laughs) Poof. And yeah, that's essentially what the plan is going to be, that they're going to... uh, Tony Khan said that the story going forward is essentially that Kenny Omega wasn't able to properly rig the ring. And this is a follow-up on after the cameras went off the air, Moxley saying so in the ring, which uh, I actually found that myself, and we have that here. Best wrestlers in the world busting their ass. 
from the first match of the card all the way to the last. You see everything from the first match to the last match. You get your money's worth. Well, if there's one thing we do out here at AEW, because we love wrestling just like all you do, we bust our ass, and I have one goal tonight. To lay it all on the line, to bend my soul in this ring, and work my ass off like it was the last night I was ever going to get the blessing and the opportunity to do it for you fans. And I promise that tonight. You hate what? That it wasn't on impact. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> the motherfucker said I've seen more dangerous stuff, more ridiculous stuff on MTV. That is oh, amazing. Oh, God. By the way, before I forget, I have a link for a few of you guys. Um, right now I see George in the chat. I'm dropping you a whisper link for something. Oh, yes, this. Or actually, I'm putting it there. Just click it. There we go. Yeah, we yeah we haven't talked about this yet. No, nor will we. No, nah, don't y'all say nothing. Yeah, just just for a select few. You shut your face. As a matter of fact, delete it after after after. Uh, let me see who we got. George, I want George to click it. Delete it after him. You can delete it for me, Dustin. I don't even remember how the hell to delete on this thing. I have no controls in front of me. Let's see, let me see if I can remember. It's been forever since I've had to do it. If you can't, don't worry about. It. I could keep it locked. But yeah, we're using that as a testing. We haven't decided if we're going to open it to the public yet. Want to get one to King Quest and also Ashley as well. But anyway, now we can move on to the actual AEW Dynamite Crossroad, which, by the way, the go home show. The go home show, exactly. Which we're not going to talk about everything because a lot of that was covered in last night's post show. Anything that pertained to the AEW pay per view was already covered. But we're going to talk about the important things, which is Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet going up against Shaq and Jade Cargill. The finish is being Jade going over Red Velvet with a poison sit out power bomb. Essentially, is what it looked like to me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about what it was. Uh interesting. Shaquille O'Neal, dude, Shaq didn't fuck around in this. No, no, he didn't. I you love know. that, like, he took this very seriously, and he didn't just, oh, I'm a celebrity, I'm big Shaquille O'Neal, I'm a half-ass. Like, no, he treated this shit like he was in this. Yeah, no, he absolutely did. I mean, we know the one spot. I mean, first of all, I love, um, I believe early on in the match, he hit Cody with a really good power bomb. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was so cool to see, like, I don't know how long he's been training, but I mean, for how long has it been? The dude got the dude did good. Yeah. So a couple I, like, of things I, happen I, I, here. I kind of want to see him get in the ring again. A couple of things happen here. They do get physical. You know, Yo. they do get very physical. Cody uses quicker than all of them all do. Wow. Cody's got to somehow get Shaq frustrated. That may not do it, or maybe it will. Shaq turns the tables. Yeah, see how hard he slaps? That is that thunder slap right there. Oh. Look at how big he is, man. Look, look at the size difference here. But when Cody's down, incredible. You don't fuck with Shaq, man. And look at the face of Jade Cargill. I want to see, I want to see, to see Cody Rhodes. Oh, chops, dude. 
Like it's like hopeless. He's like a final boss of something. I'm going to turn that down a little bit. Say that again. I was going to say, what I love so much about this match is you can see it in his face. His confidence is growing and he's getting excited because he's realizing he's doing good. Yeah, now he's rough, man. The crowd was popping for everything he was doing. Yeah, so then Jay tags in. There's some interesting stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jay did. Yeah, Jay did good as well. She's all right. Red Velvet's way better than Jade. Definitely, but Shaq was the star of this freaking show. <laughs> yeah, like Red Velvet is way better than Jade. But uh, I think Jade will get better though. What was this thing that happened here, where where like Shaq's on the outside, and then the gun, the Gun Brothers, just randomly fuck with him? He said like they grab his shirt to cue him to step back to give him a steel chair shot. And then he's just beating the hell out of the Gun Brothers. It's like the most random thing ever, you know? <laughs> and look at that. Even QT takes a bump. Yeah, you see, they said that they're a part of the Nightmare Family, which is stupid, which that goes into play later on. Yeah. Oh, does she get a dive spot here? Might as well get out there. Yeah. Hey, nice dive. Anyway, yeah, chaos. Complete chaos I here. Mean, it's the spot of the match. Okay, and Big then you... Man took himself. Mm-hmm, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, fucking first match in. Shaq said, fuck it, I'm going through two tables. Well, yeah, no, but before we get to that, something really cool uh, and a bit heartfelt that Shaq did that I have to give him a lot of credit for was his tribute to Brody Lee. Uh, he hits yes. the Brody Lee yes. powerbomb, which I thought was really cool. He's right here. Uh, drop Cody. Uh-oh. Oh the crowd pops. So, thought that was a cool little tribute there that he did. Uh, but yeah. Where is ain't nobody forgot Brody. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, yeah, the Shaq part of him taking that bump uh, through the table, he takes a big, nasty bump. Let me bring that up on the screen for you. He ate every Look at that way Cody smashed him through the table. That was crazy. Checks him immediately. Good, very professional. Good job. He taps him at trade. Now he's okay. Good. Nice communication from everybody. Yeah, I feel, I was like, I, I was wondering when I saw that. I was like, I was like, well, that tap stack that is like, evil or just a And Jay Harvey's in but uh, they did something after that where it was like Shaq disappeared from the ambulance. They did like an angle where like Shaq disappears. Like they look in the ambulance and there's no sign of Shaq. Yeah, I'm not sure. What was that about? You know, like he's not, he's not a supernatural character. That's just such a strange thing to do. Like they looked in there and then there was just no Shaq. And they're like, he's gone. Like did the story really need that added to the end of it? He did like show enough. Yeah. Remember when show enough got kicked and he fell down? Uh, uh, <laughs> and then when Leroy looked back, he was just gone. Damn. Wait, 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 I got it. I got it. He's Shaq Nuff. Shaq Nuff. I mean, he has all his Shaq Fu power. Remember when we streamed Shaq Fu? Oh my God, I'll never forget that as long as I live. <laughs> I thought about that shit the other day. Oh my God. But if you're going to do an angle where the guy's going to disappear, make sure that he disappears because. Did you hear what happened? I heard. 
Yeah, they spotted him. They got footage of him being taken out of the damn ambulance by Tony Khan. You're too big. His feet stick out. He's too big to go in the ambulance. So let's try to watch this. Let's see if we can catch it here. I'm gonna try to put it live so you guys can see how much it's myself in the video. Watch, look at the back of the ambulance. They just try to pull him out and quickly run off. Watch. Watch this, like if we can see. Look, look. have like a better like there wasn't like something that we could have done to make that less shitty it's just funny to see somebody that big trying to jog oh thank you for the follow it was it wasn't me 70 that's i like that one (laughs) it wasn't me 70 thank you for the follow sir and who the fuck was it 71 no and yeah once again that reminded me that i had my triggers off this entire time oh shit yeah, I don't know if that means anything though. Some of them might have been going through in the background, and we and we just don't know. But just in case, Trip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. I triggered that one myself. So thank you for the follow. It wasn't. Trip, you know what? Oh wait, look here they you come. You just made the list. God damn it! Here oh no! Go. Oh, here we go. Thank you for the follow, Monday Yusuf. Sorry guys, the whole show I had. I sometimes I forget to turn on the notifications, and then it re- when I finally do hit the Trip, button. you know what? It triggers it. You just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. Uh, Quispy Soto, thank you for the follow. Also, oh, thank goodness. See, it didn't okay, delay the show too much. Anyway, so that's what happened there. As far as uh, the Jack Cody Rhodes uh, ambulance match goes, I'll give you guys the link for anyone on social media that follows us that would like to see him actually exiting the ambulance. But no, I mean, when it comes to this overall performance, yeah, Shaq did great. He did good, yeah. Like he, he, he looked like he knew what he was doing in there. So, mm-hmm. and then after that makes me wonder why we got teased with him and Big Show for three years. But that's a different story. No. Mm-hmm. And then after the Gun Club, they put something on social media. I guess this is maybe them explaining what the hell they were even doing involved in that angle. Oh, well, anyway, let's see. Okay, that plan didn't go. As planned. I would say it backfired just a full Um, <laughs> we're a little beaten up, but we're still on the ground because we love this. <laughs> okay. Somebody's eccentric. What was the plan? Like, what are you gonna do? Stay out of the fight next time. Like, you you cost us members of the of the nightmare family in the other pay per view. You bastards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So we had uh, FTR, and they show up with Tully Blanchard and J.J. Dillon, half of the four horsemen, which I thought was interesting. I was like, okay, you have two of the horsemen out here with two of the FTR guys. This is versus the Jurassic Express. And I was just thinking, what the hell is Tully doing in the match? You know, he looked good, but he was blown up. It was amazing because it's the first time I've ever seen someone look both good and blown up at the same time. Like, how the fuck do you look both good and blown up? Fuck if I know. (laughs) But Tully did it. Tully did. What I do like though is um I think what Tully came out with, I believe, the old I can't remember which old NWA championship that one was. 
and then FTR came out with the old NWA tag title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't a cool little detail because I haven't seen those belts in forever. Yeah, I had no idea what it was, but you know what? It's funny because Tully, who's more over than everyone else in the match, hits a fucking slingshot suplex. You know, so good for him there. You know, but yeah, good old Tully, man. Look at a little bit of Tully in action here. Jungle Boy right. Jack Perry Jack survive. Oh, the Everest German suplex, the deadlift. Only got their two got dragon suplex. Marco stops. Here he comes. Here comes Tully. Marco Watch him. It's on poor Marco, of course. Oh, no, Tully's going to slingshot him. There you go. Look at that. It's like you're a kid again. What the hell is going on here? From the legendary slingshot suplex. Amazing. And uh, (laughs) the big revelation at the end of this, let me see if I could bring it up here. Jungle Boy goes for a dive, right? And he gets caught out of the air. And and slammed by an unknown person. Who the hell is that? I have no idea. Is that one of our our cameramen? He must have got in the way there. That's one of the... One of, the, one of the grips one of the, the, Oh no One of the grips Or the cameraman and ring, But he just I think he, he picked up A camera And just us no grip It's gotta be a plant guys I love how Jared Had to feed one And said It's gotta be a plant guys Come on You still think It's a cameraman Anyway It turns out to be Sean Spears Right Who's been missing This entire time And they decided To just bring him in Haircut. For the last few months, but now emerging here. Well, there's four of them. In one form or another. Look here. He's Damn, Arn Anderson at the top of the ramp. Tour. Another horseman. Like the old bull looking down at the pasture. Crazy. We have three of the four horses. There you go. <laughs> That's what people are thinking. I promise you. What Interesting. I don't know. I mean, I like Sean Spears and I like them. I don't know what the, who the fuck the horsemen are. Just Sean Spears and the two of them. And then I guess Tully, if he's going to stay a full-time worker. <laughs> who knows? It was still a cool segment, you know? Oh, it was great. That's all I got really- chills when I, I kind of got chills when I realized, even though the four horsemen was like before my time, I did kind of get chills when I realized, I was like, wait a minute, three of them are in the same building right now. Mm-hmm. Definitely cool. That's all that applies to our AEW here. Everything else we covered last night, you can go listen to that on demand on pretty much any platform. That'd be episode 442. And with that, we're going to move on to good old NXT. It opens with Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Larkin and Danny Birch. Because they tell them, hey, why don't you put your titles on the line? They decide to take the absolute four toughest guys in the entire division and just have them kick each other's asses. Can't complain about that, right? Exactly. Four men beating a holy high hell out of each other. It's like Christmas. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and that's exactly what it was here. Um, There was some cool stuff here. Let's see what we could throw on. Uh, I did like this. Check this part out here. This was the uh, the nasty crowd line here. Boom. Locks him inside out here. Champa hitting everything that moves. Tags in Thatcher. And now, Lorcan for the ride. What an uppercut. Awesome. Thatcher into the cover to pin the tag team champions. Ooh, NXT is doing it. really solid. You know, those guys are doing excellent on there. Um, 
I don't know. I hope that uh freaking Rocky Romero doesn't accuse you of gimmick infringement, Champa, because you have a move that reminds me of a move that I've seen. Those look awfully like much like the Forever Close lines here. Forever, 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 forever. Look at them. Forever. It's the Forever Clothes line done by Champa. You know they exist. I know you know they exist. You know what the crazy is? I'm sitting there like he ain't saying shit. The hands are going to go out there. He ain't going to take shit to me. Yeah, like who's going to complain, right? I thought it was funny, the the submission break here. Like, did Lorcan think that his ugly face was going to break the hold here? Because that's the only thing that I could think of. Watch this. There's a hold out of it. Superstars. Look at the face on Thatcher as he locks right, in. I want this. A to he has a sleeper on Thatcher. Lorcan stomps. And then look at him. It was like there was a miscue or something. What the fuck was that? But then they wind up both from the submission holds there. Or, the, or, or getting hit by that. Yeah, so man, a little bit of submission action going on there. I just but, love uh, the way it wasn't me just phrases in the chat room. He said, I watch WWE and sometime NXT too. Yeah, that's that's pretty much everyone's at moment at this point, right? It, 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 it might as well at this point. If you're Raw and SmackDown, you're WWE. Anything else is separate. Mm-hmm. Imperium shows up at the top of the ramp, distracting Ciampa and going over. It causes these guys to go over. And uh, Thatcher and with the, I don't know, was that the Magic Killer? Are they using a fucking Magic Killer? That's essentially what it looks like. Yeah, I've seen them use... um. I know its original name was like a tornado plaque or something, but yeah, I've seen them use that move a few times. Yeah, so have I. I just didn't know if they had a specific title for it either. Uh, it, it's kind of one of those once in a blue moon moves for, moves for those two. Mm-hmm. Roderick Strong calls out Adam Cole, but once again gets Finn Balor, and then Roderick says that the undisputed air was fine until Finn came around, and the whole thing is his fault. And then Finn says that the reason that the whole brotherhood fell apart is because of the title that he holds, and he says that he knows how to get Adam Cole out here, and he tells him that next week it's going to be him versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. And then he basically tells Roderick Strong that he's always going to be a follower, never a leader, which basically antagonizes Roderick, and he attacks him, and then they have a pull-apart sequence. You get Gargano Family Therapy, where he takes Austin Theory to therapy. And, uh, yeah, this this is definitely unique and interesting. Uh, it turns out that uh, Indy Hartwell has a crush on him. She basically says that she wants to be his friends with benefits. <laughs> uh, but the, the start to this whole thing, as usual, is Gargano. He loses it. And when he loses it, it's so funny. That Dexter Loomis, that freak... Locked you in a basement, and he drew pictures of you. He should be in jail. Why is he not in jail yet? Why is he not in jail? You need to tell me this. Lock him up. Lock him up. <laughs> Mr. Gargano, it seems like your hostility toward Mr. Loomis is exposing some deep-rooted issues of your own. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I see what you're trying to do. This is I the best. Listen to this. Do. You're trying to make this about me. No, this isn't about me. I am not here to be therapied on. You therapy on him. You don't therapy on me. Please calm down. I am cold. Dude. I, I rewind all of this shit. Every Gargano segment. I am not going to be therapied on. You don't therapy on me. You therapy on him. Write it down as we fucking speak. <laughs> I'm not going to be therapied on. <laughs> this is so good, man. I don't know how the three of them don't fall apart doing this shit with him. Because I, I wouldn't last. I wouldn't be able to do it. 
Oh my god. And the therapist ultimately decides that Gargano is the one with the deep rooted issues here. And uh yeah, they they go away from that for a little while. We'll come back to it. The next match after that is uh Aaliyah against Ember Moon with the finish being Oh, I'm going to bring this up. This was another interesting sequence here, and I'll talk about it for the people in audio. I'm doing double duty here just because I want to make sure. Okay, so essentially what you have here is Aaliyah's at the top. She gets dropped down. Stone and Camille get on the apron. And then Blackheart jumps from the steel steps, wiping them out. And then Ember, afterward, Descends from above, taking out Aaliyah with the eclipse. Covered by Ember Moon is there, folks. A lot of chaos in that end sequence. Mm-hmm. A lot of chaos. I would there. love when I would love when people sell the eclipse like Aaliyah did, where she just gets like shit whipped forwards. Yeah, right. It, it is a cool looking like that one. That, that, that one the right way. Candace sold there are my two favorite sales. Yeah. Just because Candace looks like she died on our feet for a second. Like, yeah, Aaliyah's looking really good out there. That's one of the most improved people. Yeah, you know. that girl drastically improved from when she first showed up. Yo, who is that ref? What's with this ref and how weird he is? He's awkward as hell. Like he does, like like he strike. Do you see the poses that he's striking and shit when he's in the ring? Like, what? <laughs> yes. I gotta let me see if I could bring this up on screen, man. This is gonna take me a minute to find, but it's worth it. This dude has like weird. I was distracted. Distracted. I'm like, is this guy trying to do some sort of a freaking? incantation or a spell or like the ref is supposed to not be noticed that's the sign of a good ref this guy's striking poses like the power rangers and shit in the background i'm like who are you what are you doing hold on i'm gonna <laughs> i gotta get this on screen i know george but you know the shots he is good just fucking shit i keep missing hell, which is dangerous i keep missing this fucking guy's pose it's driving me nuts i will not rest until until we get this, just <laughs> we so you can see. Nowhere till we get this. Just so you can see. You know, I'm going to bring this up so that you can see it with me as as I catch this motherfucker in his posing. Okay, now watch him carefully here. He's over-animated. Look at him here when he gets up. Everything he does is just over-animated. Look at him there, right? What is what is this? What is that? All right? And then look when the camera turns here. <laughs> like, what the fuck is he doing? Is he siphoning energy? Into- <laughs> I couldn't- you stupid. <laughs> It just got on my nerves while watching his ass move around. Oh well, Joey, the, 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 the ref of the main event was only around exploding barbed wire. He had an excuse. This guy was in a regular ring on a weekly NXT. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez face Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Finish being Dakota Kai getting choked out, but she isn't the legal person. And for some reason, Adam Pierce rings the bell and a whole bunch of other raw type shit just suddenly bled into, into NXT. They just decided for a few minutes is raw. And it was all fucked up. That's all you need to know. But I will say this. I'm a fan of Nia at this point. I get that Nia is dangerous, but Nia is so brutal that it's like hard to not be a fan of somebody that has that much fucking right, power. Scary. She put Dakota in a stretch muffler. Dakota wasn't scared of Shayna because she was too busy being scared of Nia. She put Dakota in a stretch muffler where she lifted her in the stretch muffler and then just bangs her face into the turn. Look at this. Look at the way she, look at the way she hits her with this shit here. Toying with Dakota Kai. And again, going right back look at to the left knee oh, with that stretch muffler. It's so effortless. Oh, no. Oh. Fucking banged her face and then dropped her upside down. 
I've never seen anything like that before. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's dangerous. But not many people can do it. You wouldn't know unless you tried, right? Well, unless you want them to stretch off and get their face banged into the thing. Like, no one's face has ever hit that angle of the, of the turnbuckle before, man. And just drops her like nothing. I don't think this woman is aware of her strength. When you can swing and just let somebody go like a, like a slab of meat. Like, whoa, man. You just got to be careful, man. And it's it like, this is like a Vader. it doesn't help that Kai's the smallest one in the match, too. She's one of the yeah. smaller girls on that roster, so it's like, it's not surprised. Yeah. Really interesting. LA Knight has a match versus promos. I'm sorry, man. He just doesn't do it for me. He has a generic look, generic voice, generic promo. Like, I don't know what's so special. I couldn't think of a worse time for somebody that generic to show up. It was LA Knight versus promos, finish wars, promos going over. Because yeah, because they write your shit here. I mean, he just... I mean, I, I, I give him one thing. In Impact, they just let him do his own shit. Yeah, no, nah, this LA Knight the whole shit, thing, the whole thing changes when they're oh, The whole thing changes when your shits get scripted. Yeah, well, either way, it was dry. It was dry, dry, dry. Uh, what else we have? Bronson Reed against Cameron Grimes to finish being LA Knight distracts the ref with Grimes' hat. Puts, pushes Reed, who's going for a high spot off of the top turnbuckle, and then Grimes goes over with his stomp. A million dollar cave in mm-hmm. I love how I love how Grimes tried to bribe him with money. Mm-hmm. You know like, what I, I love? This new fucking million dollar camera Grimes kills me. I love the fact that Bronson Reed has fucking that, suicide dives that look that like this. In this sort of position right now. This guy tries to leave. He takes hey, his hat to go. Going? Getting out of Good God, man. Fucking reset, bitch. Where are you going? Yeah. Brutal stuff there. I'm telling you, there is something scary about somebody that big who's like, I'm going to dive through the top in the middle rope and watch me land fucking perfect. Right. Like, that was the safest landing on a suicide dive I've ever seen. Everrise was supposed to fight Brazango, but Legado del Fantasma beat the hell out of them, and Santos Escobar beats the hell out of the Everrise guys. And, uh, yeah. I guess because he's pissed off about the fact that he was humiliated the week before, right? Because he got yeah, to fight Karen Cross in a non title match. Should be grateful that it was a non title match. Finn Balor versus Roderick Strong finished being the 1916. This was a very solid match. Um, lots of good stuff here. I like the, they had a double stomp counter that was executed very nicely here. Let me bring this up so you guys can take a look. Hopefully this is it. Watch this. He brings him up for fireman's carry. Brings him up. Boom! Look at that counter. Beautiful, right? Good stuff there. I like when I see interesting sequences like that. I like that like Bow is getting more creative with that double stomp counter now. Yeah, he really is. Like unusual places. I never thought that could be an out of nowhere move and he succeeded at making it so. So good job there. Dynamite brought in 934,000 viewers versus NXT 692,000 viewers. So far, this is the highest AEW's been in 2021. They were at 831,000 last week. So they're over 103,000 higher this week. And uh, yeah, very solid. Very, very solid. Yeah, good shit. Good shit to all. This will be coming to an end soon, but good shit to all. This brings us to SmackDown. This last Friday SmackDown, which starts with a Daniel Bryan, Michael Cole interview. They discussed the fact that the original Fastlane plans had Edge and Daniel Bryan facing up against Roman and Jay. Christian was busy. Uh, Bryan used to use the old saying 
that if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life in regards to his wrestling career. I thought that was very cool. Uh, there's a point where Jay Uso winds up charging Daniel Bryan and he gets tossed over the ropes. And Daniel Bryan just goes back to facing Roman. It reminds me, for any GT fans, it reminds me of when Goten creep behind GT Goku with that energy blast. Like, womp womp. Sorry, bro. Stay out of <laughs> yeah. this. Don't make me fuck you up. <laughs> Daniel Bryan did the same thing right there. It was like... Actually, the only thing about it, I can, I can hit you with a more recent one. In um Super, in the Tournament of Power, when what was it? Uh, I think it was Kale tried to get involved in the fight between Goku and Kalifa. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he I just got... rushed her off like, mind your business. Like, get out of here. Exactly. And, and, and that's what caused it a snap. Mm-hmm. The same shit here, except there was no snapping. Jay was just gone. I only know. <laughs> I, I only bring that up just because they put Dragon Ball Super on Hulu and I watched the tournament power again. So nice. <laughs> Subscribe. We we you know what we didn't do? We'll have to do it next week, but we're supposed to talk about uh shows. We didn't talk about shows. We'll do it next week though. It'll be something to do. Yeah. Uh well, maybe, maybe maybe we'll kick off next week with that. Mm-hmm. SmackDown, there was a move there, Corbin, that I've never seen that move before. Let me see if I could bring it up here. Bear with me, guys. I literally got to jump through so much to get these things up. Uh, check this move here. The rematch with the tag champs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Profit saying that they can only hide for so long. It's not the whip to the clothesline. It's afterwards. From the street profits. I hope I hit the right spot. Yeah, here we go. Look at this. It's like he brings them up almost in the backdrop and he blows them down like Wade Barrett's wasteland almost. I've never seen that before. Yeah, that's different. It is, right? It works for him because he's so tall, but yeah. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting little spot there. Uh, yeah, what else happened? We had, uh, Zane beat up, what was that? Did Zane beat up an extra? Was there an extra out there or something? That was, one, that was one of his cameramen. Oh, right. He forget he has his own cameraman. I was only half paying attention to him. He just fucks up a cameraman. Look at this here. Oh, I guess I skipped it. Oh, well. You don't need to see him beat up a camera. I thought it was something going somewhere before when I did that. Reggie gets fired, right? <laughs> Reggie. This one's called. She knocks a lot of that champagne all over herself, by the way. Took a chance on a lowly Somalia and made him a star. Look at her face. It's like all over her at the end of this. Spoiler alert. She knocks the champagne. No, no, no. You misunderstood my bad. I'm doing this for you. Game over. You're the snake. Goodbye, Reggie. You're fired. Poor Reggie. Reggie. Naya thinks he's cute. Reggie. He went right. to getting picked up by Naya. Naya go do things, that boy. Mm-hmm. Well, as you can see Don't up on the cry, screen. Reggie. Don't you cry. You got Dominic Mysterio after this, who goes over uh, Gable. Away, but this one still rolls on. Now Gable headed all the way up top. What I like about this is look at what look at watch Mysterio. Mysterio moonsault now lands on his feet. Goodness, as Dominic rolled out of the way. Anna went for the Dominic has the finisher here, right? Dominic shoulders down though. Gable had him pinned. Beautiful counter. Been in combination by Dominic. Is it enough to put Gable away? Now watch Ray. What a win for Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't even wait for the run in. Motherfucker, <laughs> he went diving, man. 
You know that, that you know that was like that was like when you're playing um you play a game that has like co op in it and mm-hmm. you're you've already played through it once by yourself. So you're playing through with somebody else and you see the bullshit coming, so you're just like, Hold on, hold on, hold on, boom. I got you. problem I got you, like, buddy. I got you. You'll be behind. But I know where they're coming from. <laughs> they got me. I ain't they ain't gonna get you. <laughs> and you got Murphy offering to help Seth Rollins with Cesaro. What the hell? What happened? I thought he was a baby face. It's that wonderful cutting edge booking. The reason I'm not supposed to count it out. Rollins didn't even want anything to do with him. He's like, get out of my face. Rollins was like, I remember the storyline just because the writers don't. Mm-hmm. And then we get uh, Wakandan Cruz, right? He bought that. That is some good shit, man. Everybody is telling me how they do not like the new Apollo. <laughs> the good news is that this is not the new Apollo. This is the real Apollo. This is who I am. This is how I talk. I can't believe they're born. I am a descendant of Nigerian the spear royalty. Could I am go. a real African American. Like he should have a spear, right? My hair. This is the Nigerian elite guard. Protect us of my family's wealth for many, many generations. I remember when I was a young boy and my father would tell me stories about the elite guard. These were stories of my heritage. And at the time, I was too ashamed to accept these stories. Because the truth is, every day I would go to school and I would be made fun of. And the only thing I wanted to do was fit in. The only thing I wanted to do was be just like you. But you never accepted me for who I was. So, uh, he said you could tell he's trying hard. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so he's out there. He's out there with uh, freaking Denzel DeJornet and Matrick Belton. Denzel, who you guys know from NXT as Desmond Troy from 2018. Uh, Last match in December 2020 against Karrion Cross, And then Belton was in the last performance center class. So you got those two guys brought up. I'm assuming those are call-ups since you're going to need them for this to continue to go. Uh, so yeah, I like, I don't know. We're gonna, I, I, the spear is a bit much. Yeah, the spear is the only thing where I'm like, mm. but the rest of it, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Daniel taps Jay in the steel cage. For main it's event. a universal title match at Fastlane, so it's a rematch from six years ago, I believe it was. Yeah, Roman does not the only happy. The title. Oh yeah, he was pissed. Yeah. It was what you would expect from a steel cage match. Struggling, bumps, you know the lot. But I predicted that Daniel Bryan wasn't going to lose to Jey Uso here. So at least you get a good main event with him. You know, with Roman and Paul Heyman watching on there. Yeah. SmackDown did an overnight average of 2.166 million viewers with a .6 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Up from last week's 2.51 million viewers with a 0.5 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Bringing us to Raw. Last stop on this journey. Last week's Raw bringing 1.88 million viewers. Overnight average of 1.889 million. Uh, So they're definitely up. Because the week before was 1.810. Miz has a promo where he makes some valid points. He doesn't... um, he doesn't really take vacations. He never gets injured. Aside from that one time we really needed him in Saudi Arabia, I believe it was, in the Super Show where he lost that tournament. We want to put Shane with a fucking trophy. It was that one time. I'm saying. That one time at Bandcamp. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, 
Bobby Lashley has his rematch against The Miz, which I predicted from last week, obviously, finish being the hurt lock here. Uh, Bobby's entrance has golden lightning. You know, they really spruced him up as far as uh, being the almighty, huh? It looked good. What do yeah. you think? Uh, an entrance fitting of a champion. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the match was very basic. WWE has to do something, and I don't know how come it only affects the Raw brand. It's almost like the wrestling happens on SmackDown. But there was nothing notable in these exchanges. Like, really, on Raw, it's just spots. It's a spot, delayed, spaced out, no sequences, nothing very telling. Like, it'll be a spot, and that's it. And I guess that's what you're going to get with Bobby Lashley, unfortunately. But it's just so blatantly dry that I almost can't call it wrestling, to be honest. And that's without being disrespectful. It'll literally be like a slam and then one person walking around for a while and then pushing the guy into the steel steps and then walking around for a while and then driving, whipping him back into the ring and then driving him into the corner and walking around for the ball and hitting the ropes into a shoulder block and then a little bit more pacing and stuff. It's like it's almost not even the same fucking language as wrestling, you know? So it's unfortunate that this gimmick and this whole storyline has so much presentation and the her business looks so good, but the in-ring work of Raw overall just looks like shit, you know? But uh, Bobby Lashley recently had an interview that I'd like you to hear because uh, he spoke about The Miz a little bit. And I thought it was interesting to hear Lashley's perspective um, on The Miz and being in this program with The Miz. You know, I'm I'm never a person to put down on anybody, and I I think Miz is I think Miz is incredible, and he's and he's everything about it. And I mean, there were some parts here where we had a, a little extra time. They were like, Miz just grabbed the mic and he just starts going, and he was just playing into the character so much, and he he gets it. And and that's why he's so successful. They asked me in an interview last week. They were like, you know, some people have their doubts about Miz being the champion, this that and the other, and and I was like, ah. I said, and, and some people don't like Miz. I said, well, if they don't like Miz, they're probably jealous. Because if you read any of the reports online, I think Miz just bought like a six or seven million dollar house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Maurice is gorgeous. He has a gorgeous yeah. wife, great family. Yeah. He has a, a few different, re- he has a reality show. He has a game show. He, he's been, he's doing movies and he's the only two-time triple crowner. I mean, I'll take any one of those. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of at all, man. If you don't like Miz, you have a little bit of jealousy in you. I crazy. So, it, I, I'm a fan of Miz. Yeah, it's fucking funny to hear from Lashley, right? Right. He, he's right there. You, I think there's a lot of just Miz hate when link you guys to that. A little too much like Miz this. hate. Like I've said, like I'm you like this. Like I've said before, I love the Miz. I fucking hate Mike. And whenever I see him like doing like the hey hey ho ho shit with Morrison, all I see is Mike. I don't even see Miz anymore. But no, Miz, the guy absolutely has earned everything i think he's earned every single thing he's gotten in this business i think didn't i think morris said in one interview he wasn't even supposed to last a year and look at him now yeah very solid very good stuff yeah uh and then pretty much that was it miz goes over um, i I mean lashley goes over miz doesn't have a rematch anymore that puts him out of the angle i guess for now yeah because i actually did um here Unfortunately for Miz, he now has another uh, notch on his belt when it comes to records. Miz officially has the shortest championship run of any Money in the Bank cash-in winner. Lovely. Only eight days. And then, for anyone who was wondering what's happening to the last champion, uh, McIntyre <laughs> is giving a promo on Lashley and how cowardly it is that he went over the Miz when he had to go over Brock Lesnar. But before he gets to finish, Sheamus ambushes him right out of the main event scene. And... 
They brawl all over the hallway, and that's leading to a match later. He demands from Adam Pearce a match later on. Braun's also demanding shit because he's demanding that Shane apologizes. And it's the most, it's the worst segment of all of Raw, the Shane Braun stuff. Shane comes out, he says, I apologize. Oh my God. I don't know why. It took really long for him to say it. Then he stops like if he had something else to say, but he doesn't. Then he stops like he has something else to say, but he doesn't. Then he stops like he has something else to say, but he doesn't. Then he stops like he has something else to say, but he doesn't. And finally he goes up to fucking rap. I don't know what the fuck that was. And just so we don't have to revisit this again, later on the night, he... He had one of the weirdest, most awkward segments later later on. Did he forget his lines? Did something go wrong? I think he did. That's what it had to be, right? People are saying either he forgot his lines or he just didn't give a shit. No, that motherfucker forgot his. He line forgot. Line he got. A, he had a brain fart there because television. he forgot a brain. He had a brain fart because he went down the ramp, then he went back up the ramp, then he went back down the ramp. It was weird. It was awkward. He was heavy breathing, which is half the time. <laughs> He's always in fucking doing labor pain breath all the time. Whenever I see Shane later, I don't know what the fuck's going on. You know. And then, and then finally, when we get to the to the payoff of this whole fucking terrible production debacle. It's him calling Braun. He's going, Braun. It's like childish shit. You know, he runs away to take off in a car with Braun chasing him. They look like little fucking kids. And he wasn't even in the car. He just waves to the car as it goes away. And Braun rocks around the corner because Braun doesn't have the fucking intelligence to return. This he Wiley Coyotes him. He ultimately Wiley Coyotes him because he's not in the car that Braun actually chases. None of this shit makes sense. And all the effort and energy and the angle has no goals. There's no titles on the line. This, There's this, nothing this really that they could gain the from it. There's no money or nothing. It's, it's just people teasing and fucking hitting each other for no reason. Where There's nothing on. There's nothing going on. Stupid. And, 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 and just remember, this is going to be a match at WrestleMania. See what I mean? How no matter how much wrestling we review on here, whenever we get to Raw, it's a piece of shit. Anyway, but I'm get, supposed to not count them out. Getting ready to wrap up here. I'm later than I want to be. Shaman versus Drew McIntyre. No disqualification match. They got kendo sticks. They got steel chairs. Future Shock DDTs on chairs. They take each other out by colliding into dueling steel steps. Boom. That shit was fucking funny. What are they doing? Really? I was waiting for. What? That's less convincing you know, than the fucking explosion you... they did on Revolution. The, you steps, know, the steps took them both out. You know, you know, if you want them to have the match at WrestleMania, just have one challenge the other at WrestleMania. I don't need a no contest to get to a match at fucking WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't mind a no contest as long as they both took each other off with the steps. Dumb. <laughs> and you know, what, you know what the thing that's starting to annoy me? I get it. Drew's tough. But can you not make it look like your medical team is just fucking scared to do their job? Because I can't remember how many times I've seen this man get punched Punted, fucking beat all the hell with weapons, dropped off the side of a fucking building, and now you always see the classic, oh, look at Drew trying to get out, but he fell again. If you are a medical team, you keep his Scottish ass down. We get it. He's tough. We know. Stop it. Oh, Goku God. dines only tearful so many fucking times, okay? Like, eventually, I know dread. he's coming back. Absolute dread. Holy shit. Yo, you said with Prince Nana when you need him, right? Right? There you go. The best we got is Stokely Hathaway. Well, who the fuck's he again? I forget what, they, what name they gave him. Malcolm Bivens. Malcolm Bivens. Right, right, right. I don't know why that came to me so quick, but I guess I'm amazed. I think I, I, fucking match. I'm amazed because right after that, I realized what, what shit I walked into. I had no idea what his name was. <laughs> I said, you fucked up. I said Stokely Hathaway, thinking that was the NXT name. I didn't realize until I said it. I was like, shit, that wasn't, that's not the current one. Malcolm Bivens. What would they call Prince Nana? <laughs> that's a good question. 
we may find out one day. Right now, they want to. They think so. Right now, they want to bring fucking Prince Nana to fucking WWE pair his ass with Cruz. Pair him with me and him again. Bring back the embassy. Oh my god, see that'd be a good idea though. You know how they feel about those. It was Champa, Prince Nana, and me and Yem, the embassy. There you go. We have they all the can't things do we it, need. Man, that, they can't do it, man. That 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 great build for reckoning in retribution. It's gonna be like evolution. Reckoning, retribution. They should keep going great. with ours. Redemption, revenge. You know, just have a whole bunch Return. of Return. Just slowly start turning the Asians, right? We got reckoning and then Asuka could be revenge. And Ayo Shirai could be return. <laughs> You could give that actually to Kyrie Saints and she legit returned. You fucking stupid. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta wrap up here. What else happened? What else? There was a Woods goes over Shelton because he gets distracted smack talking Kofi who's at ringside. I do like the new Mortal Kombat unicorn gear that they're wearing, very solid. Uh yeah. Matt Riddle versus Slapjack was better than most of the stuff on Raw. It's the only match that had any <laughs> essence to right it. Now, it's the only match that had shit happen in it. Matt Riddle's fantastic in the ring. You got to see a lot of good moves, a lot of cool transitions. Who's Slapjack again? Slapjack is what's his name? Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne, right. He used to be the TM61. The Mighty Don't Neil, right? Yeah, you see, that's why that made so much sense. You know, it's just a good match to have. Those guys know how to work. What a shame that they're, that they're Slapjack and... uh I guess Matt Riddle, because they don't really take him as seriously as he used to be taken anymore, you know? It kind of reminds me of what happened with Rob Van Dam, where Rob Van Dam was, like, a more serious character in ECW. And then, like, as a heel, and then, like, WWE just took one part of his character and just completely made that him. That's what they've been doing with Riddle lately, you know? Like, less emphasis on the danger, more emphasis on the broing. Still a good match, and still the best thing on the fucking card. Oh, yeah. Let, let, let that settle in, Raw. Three former WWE champions on your show, and fucking Slapjack did better than all three of them. Um, well, not Slapjack, Matt Riddle. Slapjack was good to have there too, Slapjack. but I'm just saying that, like, if we're talking just the in ring stuff, like, if you want to see good in ring shit, that's the only good in ring shit of the entire thing, really. That's the only thing that yeah. stood out. Uh, Nia Jackson, Shayna with Reginald against Naomi and Lana. Nia going over Lana via powerbomb with a little help from Reginald distracting Naomi on the apron. That's her new boy toy. Yep, Nia and Shayna retain their tag titles. Randy Orton against AJ Styles with the finish being Bliss lights a match via satellite. Orton coughs up a bit more of that black shit from Pirates of Dark Water. Yeah. And AJ doesn't give a fuck after, about after mystical stuff. Pyro. Yeah. And AJ doesn't give a fuck about mystical stuff. So he just hits the phenomenal forearm and just goes home and Bliss is laughing on the screen. And then they went to the black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. That's, I don't know. What do you think? What, what do you think of Raw? <sighs> All I'm saying is... um. One of those posts didn't pop. I demand Twitter. For, no, I'm kidding. You're right. I forgot about that. When the flames went off, go. the one I'm on the bottom saying, right, the one on the bottom right go. didn't go off. That must be that, that must be one of the ones from Jacksonville. <laughs> Twitter, y'all better get on it, damn it. Zoom in on that post. Kill that man. Just get that one. <laughs> and be like, see, it happens here too. Three, two, one, poof. Anyway, don't forget, later on this week, we're going to be doing some other streams of random stuff. I haven't really decided what's on the schedule, but we do have games we have to get off of our backlog, which I'll try to do. Uh, I'm going to slowly piece it together as we progress. Just check back on all of our social media platforms anywhere accessible nightly to see what stuff we have going on. That being said, thank you 
to everyone who has hung out with us the entire Monday evening throughout all of the chat rooms and platforms watching Raw suffering through it, including EB Gamer, Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, I Cabigon, George with the Z, Weekly Planet, aka Ashley, Six Slayer, aka C, Q's Thompson over on Facebook. Thank you, sir. Uh, Brittany Mode. It wasn't me, 70. Thank you for the follow. Monday Yusuf as well. Thank you for the follow. Herbert Crespi Soto, as well as anyone that's been listening over in Lurk Mode. And of course, all of you that are listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, all the other podcast platforms, and over on our video feeds on Twitch and Facebook. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 443, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin Soglow Frazier, we're out of here. In three, two, one. Shut it down.